Welcome to the MA Roadshow, episode number 312. My name is John Morgan, and Cold Coffee is with me on an absolutely beautiful Thursday afternoon. I don't know what the weather is. It's perfect. That's what it is. The weather's perfect. It's sunny. It's beautiful. It's it's like 74 degrees. 74 degrees. How cool is that? The window is open. We're overlooking the expansive grounds of the Casa de Cold Coffee. Uh, the landscapers, again, have everything looking tight. I want to tell the entire crew they're doing a fantastic job with everything. Uh, it looks beautiful outside. And, uh, yeah, man, this is the time of year that I, that, I, that I just absolutely love. I always say April and October are our two best months in Las yeah. Vegas. So I don't know if anybody's feeling like traveling much lately. But, uh, I mean, we are getting, you know, expanded uh, occup- capacity, capacity rates clamp. and stuff. So if you feel like coming to Vegas yeah. – um, it's it's that time. It's that time of year when it's beautiful. When it's beautiful. You know the thing that gets me, and the that that's been the hardest part, like shaking it off. And granted, I've only done it once. Was just the flying through the airport. You know. Oh yeah. That was the part that you know. Of course, everybody wants to go to to the other locations. It was just dealing with the airport, dealing with the plane. That was the part. Where I was like, oh, I just don't want to deal with this. I don't want to deal with this. But it wasn't as bad. I kept my mask. I kept to myself. Everybody did the same. It wasn't that bad. And you know what's funny? And I will tell this if if, if anybody's looking for that extra push just to go somewhere. places, Other places are open up slowly. But here in Vegas, while there is the capacity things, most of the restaurants you go have a reduced capacity. Mm-hmm. But you can still go in them. Yep. You sit down. You take your mask off and you eat. And you can enjoy it. Like, I don't feel like I'm living in a locked down city. Right. And it's been like that way for a while here in Vegas. When I when I hear stories of of other cities in the states, and and heaven forbids, when I hear of people in other countries that are now just that like I I I do some online gaming, and one of the guys was telling me about for like the past month he's been on pretty much lockdown, and hasn't been able to go out into the town and do things, and I'm just like. I would lose my mind. Yeah. If you guys can get over and maybe you don't even feel the, the the weariness of like being in the flight or whatever. Vegas feels awesome. One now the weather feels good, but just the 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 openness that is there feels so good. Like I don't feel like still we're in the middle the social, of this still following social still distance. doing the mask guidelines. They ask you to wear the mask when you go but. in their place. But, but you're right. But you can still do things. Still do some stuff. And, and I'm telling you, it's wonderful. Yeah. They, but uh, speaking of uh, capacity limits, the 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 Golden Knights up their limit now to I think three thousand and something, something the other day, um, which is cool. Being in a space when you're used to nobody, to being in a room now with three thousand raging fans, is going to sound so loud and incredible. When I watched one of the 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 games recently, there was two thousand people in the crowd. And it felt so good to just watch them, and then they're cheering. And I was like, I completely forgot. Like half of the country is still in a weird shutdown state. So, so what's it going to feel like with fifteen thousand at UFC two sixty one? It is in, going in, to in be Jacksonville. Outrageous. I wonder if they're going to sell out though. Oh, they'll definitely sell out. There you has think? to be, man. I mean, think about it. nobody's been able to go to any sporting events whatsoever. You know, you what think I mean? they're going to do? Uh, are they going to have a reduced pricing, or is it like? 
Oh. Pricing like everything's normal and everything's been fine. May okay, I could maybe maybe some reduced pricing just because. I would say if you want to full, they better a reduce it. Financial that's, time for that's everybody. That's another part too. It's yeah, been a difficult financial time for everybody. So maybe some reduced pricing, but uh, yeah, man, how crazy is that? The the announcement is gone. Dana White says, "Listen, we're gonna be first, and uh, they're gonna be first, and and they're gonna get it done." Uh, I I just want to throw it out there because it was kind of surprise news to all of us. I mean, we all knew that. Um, this was in the works that everybody was moving in that direction. I mean, Dana White himself had come out in some of our pre-fight stuff and said, listen, if I could move this week's event, I'd move this week's <laughs> if event. If I could go right? to Texas next week, yeah, he would have. I'd do it. <laughs> and he meant it. He was not just talking about, you know, you know, just being silly. No, he meant it. So we knew it was coming. We knew it was on the horizon. But, you know, anytime they make announcements like that on, on their own, you know that it was kept pretty tight to the vest. So um, we still don't know much. I, I definitely wanted to mention it because it's a big moment. I mean – Man, our entire last year has been about covering MMA during COVID. You know what I mean? It was literally a year ago that all this thing started and became a part of it. I mean, this is when the shutdown happened, right? And then, you know, we're battling to get back to, to Jacksonville where we're, we're returning. So um, it's been an interesting year, and, and, and so I'm excited to get back to crowds. I'm excited to, to be moving forward. Um, I don't know any details yet. So that's the thing. So we're tr we're still yeah. trying to figure. Out. Hopefully, we'll definitely share those as soon as we can. You know, <laughs> is there a bubble? Is there? Yeah. Uh, you know, I hope there's a bubble. Well, I gotta think there will. At be. least for the hotel, for the for the host hotel, which we probably won't be staying at. But well, see, that's the interesting part. Of, see, that's the interesting discussion point about all this, right? So the, if the UFC is willing to play to a full arena, and obviously it's Florida that has to be willing to give them the full arena, but if they're willing to play in a full arena. Certainly, they're not going to be requiring any social distancing measures by an audience because the audience is going to be full, right? So at that point, you would think they would forego even asking them to wear a mask mandatory like you oh, would just say. I think so, right? I, I don't know. That's how do, you ask, I don't how know. do you ask them to wear a mask but then, say, stand three inches I mean, from they, the next person? They do it on planes. They True. do it on planes, right? I mean, we're, we're asked. The, the plane thing makes me, you know. And listen, I'm I'm not tr I'm I've, I've told everybody this from the beginning. We don't want to talk too much about politics or that sort of thing. But you know, I've stood very much in the middle on this whole thing from the beginning. I don't think it's the worst thing ever. I don't think it's the flu. I think it's somewhere in between, whatever. But the the plane thing is funny, where they're like, make sure you wear your mask. Uh, make sure you you uh let the row in front of you deboard the plane before you stand up. So that, they but, give you wet naps yeah. and they tell you to wipe things off. But, but at the same time, like you, you sit down and shoulder to shoulder with somebody to else. Shoulder. So, so we'll see. So that's so those are questions. Right? Is the audience going to be required to to face you know any COVID measures whatsoever? I don't know. Uh, are the athletes at least going to be in a bubble? I don't know. Now listen, I would assume the UFC would want to keep a bubble for the athletes, right? I mean, what if you put this huge card together, this pay per view, and then all of a sudden everybody tests? But here we go again. Is the Florida Commission going to even test for COVID? Do they even care? If the athletes have COVID, or is the UFC going to test on their own? I would, oh, you know man, what I mean? I would are, think are, that they are would. Are they going to go above and beyond any potential commission measures and test? I would think they would too. I would think they would too, and 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 I would think they would because I would think it would open you up legally to some potential repercussions if somebody, if one of your athletes came and got COVID and and, and God forbid developed any serious you know issues or whatever. Um, I would think that would be a problem, especially, you know, and we, we've talked about it before, but yeah. if you've spent an entire year protecting people and, and running through these extensive guidelines and then you get rid of them, 
and then somebody gets sick, I would think that would open you up to some some some, some legal repercussions. So, I, a lot of questions. Yeah. Lot lot of questions. I mean, we don't have any answers yet. Yeah, because even thinking about that, like they ask us. Um, I don't know if we've ever talked about it, but I'm sure we have, and I apologize. But like every month, it's almost typically like you had a few shots of James. It's like I had the first shot of Jameson. <laughs> um, they make us sign a waiver um, to work the events, but pretty much saying like if we get COVID. Um, hey, that's on you, just letting you know that there's a possibility, you know, blah, 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 blah. And we agree to say that, hey, I want to work these events. If I get COVID, I understand that that's not your fault, you know. I would think that they make these fighters, they present the same part to the fighters as part of their fight contract. I would think so. You know, and, and that's a shitty way of thinking about it, but I would almost think that, I mean, the, the way the UFC is, I would think that they have every fighter already agree that hey we want to give you this opportunity to earn a wage but don't hold it against us and honestly i would think any employer anywhere and any oh, person gonna, looking for a job who's gonna say no that's gonna be this that's gonna be the standard that's, it's, it's and i think and i think you're right i mean like because i mean if it's a matter of whether i worked here for junkie or whether i worked at the in and out burger if they said hey we want to. We want you to come to work, but hey, by the way, there's a possibility that we can only control so much. Right? Are you willing to work, knowing that you possibly could contract something? I think that's going to be standard language. I would language. say. I think that's going to be yeah. standard language. And and you know, if you see, but but here would be the difference is is what I think would be the concern is that you know the USC has been they've been operating with a stringent protocol for so long, right? And then if you suddenly abandon the stringent protocol. I would think that athletes on that card could say, "Wait a minute! For a year, you've been operating under this fashion, and now you're not." So, yeah. a lot of questions to be answered. We we don't know yet. And then, especially if they leave that and they come back to Vegas, so you want the guy that wasn't at that event? Why didn't I get the to same come corner that was offered, or even just Vegas? the corner or the coaches that were at Jacksonville or did yeah. whatever? And then all of a sudden, they didn't have to test. They were around a bunch of people that didn't test, and then they come back, and then all of a sudden, now you need to tell them. And then, you know, you, you just open up the possibility that you could have a lot of positives because you don't know if the pool that's coming in had been recently cleared it's interesting and, and, and that's why we're going to cover it and it's very very interesting and, and let me just say i mean like i look look i'm happy that we're moving forward you know i'm, I'm not i'm, I'm not, super happy. i'm not sitting here talking about <laughs> and i think that's what's important knows is nobody's sitting here talking about the morals of it whether it's right yeah. or it's wrong it's just gonna be interesting how, how it's handled i mean again i feel very fortunate i'm vaccinated at this point i've had both my shots i'm good um, I feel safe. I feel confident. You know, um, so I, it's not that I'm worried about things. It's just gonna be interesting to see yeah. how everything's played out and how it's dealt with legally. Because at the end of the day, that's what everybody's trying to do, right? They're trying to protect themselves from any legal repercussions. Right. right? Nobody wants to get sued. So and it's um, just it's soon. Soon it's funny because at some point, whether it be six months from now, a year from now, we're gonna be able to all look back and like, wow, when things are back to normal, and be like, because this is we're in that nearing that transitional phase where mm -hmm. it's, things are really starting to go in that direction with the fact that we're opening. Huge, there's going to be a, a point. Step, there's going to be that step. final f event where the UFC is like, no, we're not testing. We're just not there yet. But this could be one of the ones where it's a step in that direction. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see how they that, how they treat it. It's funny. I'll tell you what, man. You know, and we, We've talked about it before, but uh, I'll admit, man, the first event in Jacksonville. Yeah. Um, 
I, I got emotional, man. You know what I mean? The very first fight walking in. I've told Wait, I've told the story before. You always but, cry before events. You just oh, never yeah. tell people this. Wow. Like, he's usually so that's what a – That's why I say it was my routine cry. You know, it was my routine cry. <laughs> you know, you, you get know, up. Bob, Bob O'Reilly's playing, and you, I'm just – You shit, you, know. you shower, you cry at some point, <laughs> you know. No, nah, but, you know, it's funny, man. That, that first event in Jacksonville – um, I, I've told the story before, but it's it's just 100 percent true. It's a memory I'll have forever. But you know, Sam Alvey was the first one to walk in, and it was it was part. I, it was, I think it was a whole bunch of things. I mean, first of all, just like it felt, it had been so stressful, right? I mean, everything had been like the our world was literally changing in front of us, and and we didn't know what the future of anything was, including our sport, including our jobs. Yep. yep. You know, and and to be at an event working that gave a sense of security, right? And then and then Sam Alvey came in and you know big goofy Sam Alvey with his gr- with his big grin is like high fiving imaginary people and like pointing <laughs> pointing to that. the crowd right like like big cheering sections like I see you up there and there's nobody there you know he's just you know you know miming everything and he also had um like a like a show tune in the back like I think uh, from now on from the Greatest Showman which is like you know this big like orchestral emotional show tune or whatever but i got a little emotional man like i had a little tear welling up in my eye just like i remember like going through in my mind at the time was like we're back like we're back we're doing what we do yeah and so i'm kind of wondering man it'll be back in that same building and crowd will be cheering and i do wonder man if i'll get that kind of like holy shit i've missed this you know what i mean it's been it's been since March of 2020, you know, since since that uh, Adesanya Romero fight, that that amazing and Jay Chet, you know, Zhang Wai Li fight. Oh, that fight was uh, nice. that we've had this crowd. So I'm I'm uh, I'm anxious to experience it and see what the. I mean, that's just yeah. that's just real human emotion, you know. Where I'll mean? be sitting in the back. Just like Bro, normal, not hearing like, the crowd yeah. at all. Can you imagine? You'll probably well it's, up. A it, team, it's gonna like, be like, oh my god, it's, it's as quiet as it normally is. I love it. It's like as quiet that. as it normally is. Oh man, we'll see how it is. So anyway, obviously big news. I just wish I had more information to share with you. We've we've inquired a little bit with UFC, um, and from what I gather, they're still planning out all the details and stuff at this time. So we'll figure that out. Um, by the way, you were speaking of Las Vegas arenas. I did celebrate a birthday this past week. Oh, which strip club do you go to? Four. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I'm an old ass man with a family. Oh, so you just paid extra? For, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, no. Uh, but I, I want to say I, I got shout out to my wife. I'm pretty excited about this. Uh, I know I'm like the worst person in the world to shop for to like buy a gift or whatever. And I, I actually even like kind of feel uncomfortable like gifts and stuff. I, I, it's a weird thing. Like, I just feel weird about people giving me stuff. But um, she got me a cool thing. She bought uh, tickets for me and my son to go tour. Uh, Raider Stadium. Oh wow! Yeah, so because I've yet to be in it, even though the thing's been here forever. Like I, I don't cover games there. You know, I know the media members have been in there, but I wouldn't say it's been here forever. Well, I, I, <laughs> forever enough that somebody who lives here should have walked in the thing if they cared about it. And I'm, yeah. I am, I am anxious to see this you yeah. know, billion dollar stadium or whatever. So I'm anxious to see it. Uh, so she got, she was able to secure some tickets. It's just, I mean, That's it's just cool. like the standard like stadium tour or whatever. But I'm excited about. It. But it is funny. Uh, <laughs> you can be like. Where's the closest beer sellers to whatever particular section? They should oh, well, have a, be- oh, they should have a beer be, tour. I'll definitely find out where the beers are. <laughs> By the way, here's what's funny. So the so she you know she 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 worked with some friends or whatever to get this. I f- 
it's a great – I'm excited to do it, especially because it's me and my kid too, you know what I mean? So it's going to be my kid's first, you know, trip to the new stadium and, and you know, in his town where he lives and everything. Uh, but there was a part of me that as soon as I saw the tickets, I was like, I could make some money off these. Not just because <laughs> – not just because of the Raider tickets, but check this out. It was the first available slot that she could get, but it's on April 20th at 4.20 p.m. Why does that sound familiar? It's 420 on 420. <laughs> Can you believe that? I was like, dude, there was a part of me that was like, oh, dude, some stoners would definitely pay some big money for this. Some Raider stoners for sure. <laughs> they, they they drive in from L.A., from right? Oakland. They, Bro, we tour in the new stadium on 420 like, uh, at 420. Speaking of, I found I found some old vape pens that I hadn't like messed with oh, in yeah, forever. Yeah, yeah. I slept like a baby the other day. Mm. That shit worked like a charm. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling Work you. Like a charm. I'm, I'm dude. I'm, I, I haven't been doing the vape pen, but I, I'm, dude. I'm, I'm all in on the CBD melatonin mix. Oh now, man, dude. I'm just ready to go straight back to it. flowers at this point. Just bring me, just bring me the herb. Who are you? I know flowers. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. God's prettiest flowers. Put them in my mouth. Who is this dude? I've been doing a podcast with this guy for five years now. He's talking about the flowers. Oh man. Well, you know, you like, know. You hip on that terminology, bro. Mm, I'm ready to get back to there's something man 2020 years of the year i'm just gonna get back to my (laughs) weed days i ain't gonna grow the hair back out but i'm down to partake again (laughs) oh man all right let's get into some mma talk uh a couple things uh first of all i want to touch on what's crazy man the story that won't die this hans mullenkamp thing uh massive massive story on mma junkie it's kind of wild how it worked out um I, i did an interview with rampage jackson uh, who wanted to kind of speak out uh, with his opinion on, on Hans Mullenkamp. And it was wild <laughs> because the way it all happened was I was packing up for our media day on Wednesday morning, like literally putting my computer in my bag, getting everything ready. My phone rings. My phone comes up, and it's just Quentin Jackson. I'm like, what? Could that be the Quentin Jackson? I'm like, I have not spoken to Rampage since his last fight, which has been you know a year. I'm like – why is he calling me right now? I'm like, I'm pretty sure I haven't said anything bad about him that he's calling to yell at me about. Like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Why is he calling me right now? And and uh, sure enough, he said, "Listen, man, I just, I, I wanted to talk to you. He's like, I know it's been a while, but I, I was like, I want to talk to you about this this Hans Molenkamp stuff with 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 Monster Energy and this criticism and what's going on. And you know, he's like, uh, I saw the Dominic Cruz stuff. He's like, I heard Michael Bisping said something, and I." You know, talk to him about that a little bit, and he, and he was like, "Listen, I, I just feel like this guy's being misrepresented, man. I feel like a lot of it's n- not accurate." And uh, we were just kind of talking at, at first, and then he was like, "I was like, well, listen, I mean, are, do you want to do an interview about this? Like, do you really want to go on record? Like, I mean, do you want, uh, you know, to speak out publicly about this, or are you just kind of are we just talking about information?" He's like, "No, no, no." He's like, "You know what, man? I, I do. I want, I want, I want my quotes to be public." He's like, "Can you do something on this?" I said, "Absolutely," but. It's interesting because, man, I, I, first of all, I, I never thought this would be a story that we'd be covering in, in MMA, much less it being a story that's getting insane views. Anytime something comes up, I mean, the initial Dominic Cruz thing, big, yeah. right? This story right here, it's almost big. like oh, it's almost like fighters found found their mouthpiece, like they they're like like the floodgates have opened. They're mm-hmm. like, wow, I've been really sitting on this for a while, and I had no idea to the depths of why every time there would be an an interview, well, not every time, I'm sorry, but why so many times fighters would come back into the back room, 
see the monster can, get rid of it. and then get rid of it. Yep. I always just like, I don't understand, but I'm sure there's a reason. Never thought about it. It would be gone from my mind. Done. Now that this has all came out, I'm like, I totally get it. And so the fact that more and more fighters are coming out and saying something, I do really feel and hope that something will come from it. Yeah. Because this is a part of uh, the income that they've chosen um, or that the UFC sort of made available for them to get this sponsorship money. And it's just it's unfortunate that the UFC hasn't taken a bigger step to say, you're right, we should take a more active role to make sure that those that are should be able to get these scholarship or scholarships, scholarships. sponsorships um are able to get them and not I mean, just they want to pay for just, school for them too that'd yeah be good. that'd <laughs> that be would good. be cool as well um but the fact that you know instead of them just taking the line of well monster's been great you know it sucks that this guy is is whatever but hey if they don't want to take the money then just don't do business with them right. that's not the right way to deal with it so but well, i do su- like the su- fact that more fighters are coming well, out it's and feel such like a they divisive can. issue right because don't i mean like you're right about that. I mean, that that whole thing about removing, and I think that's a lot of people saying, "Oh man, I wish they would give my individual." And that's a whole, to be honest with you, that's an interesting discussion in itself, right? Like, why can the UFC sell a patch on shorts, right, and the fighters not get paid for it? You know, I think right. about like the I think Tab is is the one that's down in Australia where it's like a wagering site, right? Uh, para is it Paramatch or Para Paramatch? Yeah, Paramatch, yeah. right? Over in Russia, you know, those yeah. have been like, why are they able to put logos on the shorts? And, and these fighters not get paid for it, you know. Yeah. What I mean, that's interesting. That's um, the whole. That was the whole shit that, like, the whole. Um, that's what the big lawsuit part of that stuff's about. You right. know, is the fact that they've given the UFC their likeness to do whatever, but they get nothing from it. And I so, think this is all stems from I that same sort of that's deal. A, that's a lot of frustration. I think that's yeah. something that does need to be discussed moving forward. Like, I don't think you should. It, I I don't know if you should be able to sell a logo on everybody's shorts. And not not have a cut. Not have a cut for. I mean, it. that's how NASCAR works. Right. Like they literally pimp out their cars and say, "Hey, you want to put your thing on there? I will wear a jumpsuit that has fifty logos on it." Just seems fair. And they get something it from it. It just seems fair. Know? I mean, look, Reebok's logos on everything, and soon it'll be Venom, of course. And, yeah. And they the do get a little get a share. cut from that one. It's not a lot, but it's right. something. It's and something. it's even just sort of weird that I mean that they're, they're that even that has a tiered system to it, right? You know where if it's your so and so fight, you get a little bit more of a portion. You know it should just be a, hey if you're 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 buying flat into for it for everybody a flat fee for everybody or allow them to work out a special deal on their own with them and say hey yeah Reebok I'm gonna pimp the shit out of your gear let let me work whatever and work their own sort of deals. Sorry, within them. Yeah. So it's like, hey, if I'm gonna wear your fight gear, how about also, if because if you give me an extra cut, you know, even if it's a percentage of what sells from my my uh, my fight gear, I'll wear and I'll pimp your fight gear to all get out. There's no incentive for fighters to pimp their gear because it's not like you go out and buy Joanna's uh, get kit. It's not like she gets an extra kickback because right. of it. If you want, if you gave a fighter's percentage well, you're of that, supposed to, but we've never heard of that being very much money at all. So, right. what's what's the point? What's the point? You know, what I mean, like, because if there was some legit money to be made there, fighters are going to sell the, they're going to hawk the hell out of the goods. You know. Well, so Rampage came out and defended Hans Molenkamp a little bit and said, "Listen, uh, if anybody hasn't seen the story, basically Rampage said, listen, some of what is being said is a hundred percent true. Does Hans ask you to do goofy little skits, to do little things here and there?" He said, yeah, he absolutely does. He's, and I thought it was kind of interesting because Rampage was like, but isn't that what everybody does on social media? Like, everything's about kind of a a, 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 
a little bit of an embellished look. I don't want to say a fake look, but a little bit of an embellished look. Like, he, you know, he did say, and, 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 and you know, he, he kind of said, look, it's kind of goofy, but he does it. Like, you know, Hans will take a picture with, uh, you know, Conor McGregor and be like, big things happening. But like, no, no, big things are happening. It was just a picture that got taken. So, but, so Rampage, I thought, kind of came out, and, and, and I thought that was kind of an interesting point to at least say, look, man, I mean, asking. I wonder if he was paid to say it. Well, that's a lot. The commenters came about that right away. It was interesting, by the way. Rampage said, I, I was like, have you talked to Hans about this? And Rampage actually said, to be honest with you, he's like, I've had my own problems with Hans, and we haven't talked in a long time. So he, he, he straight up says, look, look, I'm not doing this as any kind of favor to him. He's like, to be honest, he hangs we've up had with you issues. and calls Hans, and he's like, hey, remember that money you owe me? Remember that money you owe me? I <laughs> well, did see, you a square. You're not, I mean, you're not the first one to say a lot of commenters I saw in there were like, oh, how much did he get paid for this? Or, you know, Hans is like, it's just, I mean, how can you not? I mean, especially with the guy that if everybody's questioning every interaction because they assume that the interaction was, was for this guy's right. favor. It'd be hard to think that anything that anybody did was purely. But that, so that sucks. Own. So nobody can actually defend the guy and be honest about it. Is he even defending himself? Well, he. Did, I mean, he. Did, no, Hans isn't defending himself. But my yeah. understanding is he just doesn't want to talk publicly. He doesn't think he 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 thinks that whatever he says is going to get trashed. Well, but if you don't defend yourself, then you just sound. That's like one of those things, you know. I mean, just you sound. You seem as guilty as ever because you can't come up with a decent defense. Most people would at least be like, come out and say, like, these guys are overreacting. Yes, there's maybe some questions about the way that we word and phrase things. I was only asking them to do something. I'm sorry if it implied – if I made it seem well, that's that what I, I think implied, needs to be adjust- that's what I think you know, needs to be adjusted moving forward is how he handles Why isn't Monster fucking saying well, anything? Well, Monster says they're going to look into everything, and, 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 and they may not know about all this. Because here's the other thing, and here's one thing that Rampage said that really did make sense. He's like, the other thing I don't understand about this, he's like, is that Hans doesn't have the ability to cancel your deal. He's like there's people that work at the office that handle that. He's like he doesn't do the contract, so – He's like, you know, and Rampage said, look, will he ask you to do some goofy stuff sometimes? Yeah, he will ask you to do some goofy stuff sometimes. Will he tell you if you don't do said goofy stuff, you know, your money's gone? No, he won't say that. And I, and I did think that but was what if he rant- has, and but nobody's ever checked him on it. It'd be like the UFC social media guy saying, like, you need to do this. And they're like, well, what if I don't want to? I'm like. Trust me, if you don't, Dana's going to be really, really upset because he's setting me here to do this. They could be completely talking out of turn and not have what they said. That's fair. And most of the fighters were like, oh, okay, yeah, it's cool, whatever. That's fair. Let's do it, you know. It's part but of the obligation. that goes to show that you got to know the terms of your deal and you got to know who you're actually dealing with, right? But even then, or just have the have the confidence to say, who do I go to? Right. Where, what's, the, what's the chain of command? And when I feel like... I'm not quite sure on this deal. Who can I go to? And does that mean that they go to a UFC person and say, I'm not quite sure what this monster person or Reebok person is asking me to do. How much of this do I need to do? Right. And, like, do fighters know that chain of command? Do they know the contact people they can need to do it? That's I mean, what I think needs to evolve here. See, that's where I think it is because you're, you're absolutely right. Like, look, it's kind of like anything. Like, I, I, like most everything in life, right? The, the truth is somewhere in the middle, right? Yeah. Like, Dominic Cruz says this guy is the Antichrist. Rampage Jackson says yeah. he's the greatest human being ever on the face of the planet, right? It's somewhere in the middle. But I think you hit the nail on the head right there. I think what, what hopefully happens here is that people do realize that, yeah, look, Hans is – look, he's worked – if you don't know Hans Mullenkamp, it's funny because in the article I wrote, I was like, he was hardly a public figure. The guy has been in the MMA industry for years. I mean, years. Even before he was part of Monster, he's been behind the scenes. He wasn't a person that anybody knew. But basically, like – I never his, knew him until this came up. That's it. He's this like 
hustler, grinder, behind the scenes, like understands uh, viral marketing, understands social media, understands, you know, like he's just, and, and, and more than anything, he's just one of those dudes that's like a hustler, right? You know, like he's going to come out and like make things happen. But I think you're right. I think you hit the nail on the head. I think he's probably asked or he's probably overstepped his bound that, and nobody's checked that's him. what i'm saying it he sounds like some ufc staff unfortunately that pushed and pushed and pushed and got their own little shit right. going on until it was found out and then they got their walking ticket right i wonder if the same sort of deal but that's what i think went as, on as, with i don't think he necessarily and that's the thing is i think the people that are and by the way i've had a lot of other people besides rampage reach out behind the scenes and and, and in his defense in his defense really? in his defense yeah and um it's interesting because I saw the reaction to the Rampage article where everybody's just like, well, he's clearly paying for this. And I was like, well, I don't know if it makes sense to... Other fighters? To, yes. I've, ha- I've had several. In fact, I have multiple fighters that want to talk to me to, well, to speak to Well, maybe they've just never defense. been rubbed wrong. I want, it's just funny. It, when, as we were talking about this, the I know you've worked in the food industry. And I've worked in the food mm-hmm. industry. It, it just it rubbed me and it made me think of like, say you're in a busy environment and you're working in the kitchen and somebody's like, hey, I need you to do this. And at some point you're just like, oh, shit, I need to do this. And right. Without really understanding, if if you're a server and the expo's like, dude, I need you to take this or go butter these garlic bread or do whatever, where ultimately the expo's not your boss. Yeah. The expo can't actually tell you to do whatever, but you feel like you have to because it's a, a pressure situation. Stiff, stuff needs to happen. I think there's a lot of instances out there where people just aren't given the knowledge to know who's the proper chain of command that... In that situation, you're just like, okay, whatever, let's do it. And especially if it's a fight week or I say it's you, well, whatever. I think you I mean, the nail on the head with your first example, which was, and this is not to pick on USC social media or to say anybody in particular, but I think that's the perfect example of, like, they come to you and say they need this from you, and you go, well, what, like, yeah. you know, maybe you find out later, like, you don't have to do that. You're they not don't contractually have to do anything op- yeah, you can, when the social media fact, comes to them. Yeah, they, they literally, and, and, and you're, you know what? I bet there's a, I bet there's a ton of USC athletes that don't realize they don't have – there are some things they're required to do, like you sign. You right. know, they, they are press conferences, press conferences, the media day, media that days. sort of stuff. But like, there's a lot of stuff that's on the side that they could literally just go, "Nah, I'm good. Every, I, I'm I'm good." If a fighter's listening to this, they show up every. Uh, and if you guys don't know this, a lot of times when a fighter shows up that fight week, they they check in, they're signing posters, they're doing stuff like that. Um, even that, there could always be pushback from that. But most, no, every fighter wants to sign a poster because they get a poster. But usually after they do that, and then. They might they have they're given a, a media schedule. They they go do their their ENGs their uh, little news packages that might go on the thing. They might need to update their photos, so they go take new photos. If they don't have to do that sort of stuff, for the most part they're free. But what'll happen often is that social media has a a little idea of something they want to run for this event. Oh, it's something cute, something whatever. We have some I forget what happened in, in Abu Dhabi or. We could be wherever. We have some blow-up dolls. We want to do whatever, and we're going to have Whoa. you like do a, a fake beach scene. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think they did a beach scene or something in Abu Dhabi, and it could be somewhere else or whatever. This is an idea that social media gets, but the fighters are not obligated to do it right. at all. But they're bombarded with this as they check in, as they're doing all this other stuff. And they're just like, okay, okay, yeah, I'll do it, I'll do it. And most of them are happy to do it. It sucks when you're just off a long flight and when you have other stuff going on. So in the in the instance, like I said, when I was talking about like the, the being in the crazy, the food environment, you're just showing up, you're just like, oh, my God, so much shit's happening, so much shit's happening. This guy's telling me I need to go do this. And I'm like, okay, I, I must have to go do this. You don't have to. And so I wonder if in part of this, uh, the monster thing is like they're – feel like they have to because right. they're not given enough information to make 
uh, an educated decision yep. to change their mind. All right, two points I want to make. First thing, as you said, any fighters that are listening to this right now, I want to make sure you do realize <laughs> uh, if it says MMA junkie on there, it's absolutely required. You have to do that. Like, <laughs> you don't get the option to turn that. Well, that will come from PR. That, that is won't come from social media. I do not <laughs> want you guys losing out on your money. Uh, I don't want this to come back and bite you in your ass. So if you see That's MMA right. junkie on the schedule, you might where, lose your Reebok gear. I'm telling you, if don't you even don't ask do questions about it because <laughs> I know how things work behind the scenes, and I'm looking out for you guys and gals. I don't want you. to I lose forgot about anybody. that clause. I forgot I about the MMA junkie clause. <laughs> no, but second, I think I think you hit the nail. I, and I keep saying it, you hit the nail on the head, but I think you're dead on with this. I do think some changes probably need to be made, and I think it's a good thing that Dominic Cruz spoke out about yeah. this and got this to be public awareness. But what I think. I think it's almost gone so far that I think people are kind of villainizing Hans as like he's doing something illegal or he's doing something yeah. immoral. And I don't think that's the case here. I, I think he has probably overstepped his bounds in some situations, maybe asked a little bit too much where he shouldn't have, where he's asking for more than these these athletes are contractually obligated to do. Um, and he's making it seem, like you said, maybe not you know a demand, but just kind of putting yeah. it in that way. You, know. you almost sound like you're defending him. Well, this segment is brought to you by Hans Holm Mullen douche. <laughs> <laughs> What's his last name? Mullenkamp? Mullenkamp. Yeah. Right. No, I, listen, go I'm Mullen not douche. trying to defend the guy. I mean, I will say that this monster energy is awfully tasty <laughs> that we're having here. Bit, and no. we have not been paid to tell you this <laughs> no, drink brought just, to you by. <laughs> I, I, I just think it's, after speaking with Rampage and after speaking with some other people as well, I just and, and to be honest with you, after seeing the whole thing unfold behind the scenes, again, not a story I'd ever thought I'd be talking about. Yeah. Um, but I do think that I, I get where, like, maybe he's, as you said, pushed the boundaries a little too far, overstepped his bounds a little bit, maybe tried to ask a little bit too much of these athletes. I don't feel like it's a situation where this is a dude that needs to lose his job. This is a dude that has been doing something but illegal. Maybe he does. This is something. No, but I, part of me just wonders, I think if it. And, and and we won't go much longer, but I just, I just do feel like the UFC possibly dropped the ball when it comes to defending their athletes and protecting their best interests by giving them the best information as for what is actually required from the monster deal. Things of that sort. If if the, I think of a fighter, well, knew, I don't think there's anything required through the UFC. But that's the thing. The but UFC, like Dominic UFC has like brought an individual them, deal. But monster, but that came to him. Because they're part of the UFC, and I'm sure it was a matter of here you are, and this is you're you're now a UFC signed fighter, and now you have access to this, and here's this, 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 and these people come, they control everything from everybody else that talks to their fighters. Why would they not control, or at least understand what these companies are asking and and expecting from their fighters? So I would think that they would take at least some interest, but I think there's part of it because I'm sure the UFC gets there's an economical kickback in some sorts and the fact that monster puts a a bunch of money that gets their damn logo on the canvas and all this other kind of stuff so it's nice to say hey you know you know monster's been great to us you know but yes they do their dealings but that's their dealings with them right. you know that's their dealings with the fire that's not us you're choosing to deal with the company if that company is doing shady shit to your and your contractors or your fighters would you not at least want to protect the interests of your fighters or do you take the money and turn a blind eye completely and then try to take but the But again, excuse? their individual deals are their individual deals. That's got nothing to do with you. But still, you can educate them at least a little oh, bit to something. Well, I think I the mean, education is a key, and that's another thing. And, and, and I think Rampage, I mean, you think about Rampage, you know, a, a veteran voice of the sport, to say the least. In fact, that was kind of the lead to my story that I yeah. wrote. I was like, the dude has literally seen the best and he's the worst of the day. He's seen everything. The if good and the bad, he's seen it all. Yeah, you're right. He's a guy that knows – 
you know, if you come up to me and say, hey, man, uh, you're not going to get your money if you don't do this. Rampage is the guy that will say, F you. I know what my contract says. After he slaps him and leg yeah, kicks him. Yeah, he'll slap you and leg kick you first. He'll say, I know what my contract says, and you don't have the right to tell me that. I'm already yeah. fulfilling my dues. You know, again – I think this is a good discussion point. I think it is an education opportunity for athletes to say, like, hold on, man, when you sign this deal, what does it really mean? Like, what yeah. am I actually entailed to do, and where is the limit? You know, and, of course, you want to show loyalty to a brand. You want to show that, hey, man, you know. If they earned it. Yeah, that, it, well, that's it. It, it, that people, it. At the end of the day, you're signing a business deal that requires you to, to post this many times, to say this many things. Whatever. Right. As long as you fulfill those you're good. Now, if somebody wants to come ask you, like, hey, can you do this? Hey, would you mind doing this? Push back. That's it. If if you feel comfortable with it, because let's say it's a product you truly believe that, in or you yeah. have ownership in or whatever, then hell yeah, do it. I just wish they would give them the, the, the tools or give them the confidence that they should do that. Like, one of the things that came up uh, a couple – well, time is crazy, but like a month back or whatever – when the past interviews and uh, Julian, um, uh, local guy that worked at the golf place for Marquez. Marquez, yeah, Julian Marquez. Marquez yeah. Um, I was talking with him and he was talking about different financial support. And I was like, do you miss the symposiums? Remember, oh, the UFC yeah, used to bring yeah. all the fighters and would talk business things, would talk contracts, would talk social media, yeah. would give all this stuff. And I understand that was a, it was a tough cost for them to bring it. it. People, People didn't, didn't take, take advantage. advantage and even then, he was like, I've seen some things that happened. He's like, but when I was there, there was nobody else there. There was just a few. So, I mean, it must have got to the point where the UFC decided, okay, maybe this isn't worth it. But well, what about the I, athlete summits? Those were, those were, those were great tools. Well, that's but they ended, wish, up, they ended up turning into shit shows, right, where people are getting into in fights, fights and police mm -hmm. are being called out. and it just. It doesn't mean that they, I wish they wouldn't have stopped it because, like you said, well, one, they made those a party. They made uh, besides the whole business side of whatever. We're gonna have these meetings. Oh, by the way, we're and gonna set up a Snoop huge. Concert. We're gonna set up a huge fucking concert, and there's an amusement park in the backyard. By the way, go have fun, guys. Right. Like you could just you're, you're asking for it at that at that particular point. But the whole fact is, everybody always wants more training and wants more understanding of what the parameters they live within. And I think in a in a situation, especially with these fighters and with all these complex deals with sponsors coming in and the who am I obligated? Would be the better, the more education, the better. And I guarantee, I mean, if anything, all most of the fighters are underpaid. We, I think most of us can agree that most fighters are underpaid from their worth. But if you can at least give them something that they could take away from it, that one is a value for their career, it's a value for their life, then I think you can at least sleep a little bit at night because you're giving them better knowledge. But the fact is, these fighters are, without asking or, or screaming about it, are asking for help. They're asking for understanding. And if you don't give it, you're going to get the sort of stuff that's starting to come out now where fighters are upset, but they feel like they don't have an avenue to voice their concerns. If there was the symposiums going on, the athlete summits, all that other sort of stuff, and you open up the questioning to the fighters... What are your questions? What are your understandings? What don't you understand about what you're being asked to do? And how can we clear that up for you? None of that is happening right now. Fighters show up and they're just like, where's my room? 
when do I have to weigh in? Yeah. When do I, where's my workout room? They're keeping it really, really simple. But and obviously, I, right now it's COVID times. But let's be honest, that's not the reason why it's not happening. It wasn't right. happening before COVID. Started. It wasn't it, happening it, before. So it's not like that's an excuse. So you're right about that. I, I wish, I wish they would go. I, I honestly, wish, I wish they would go back to those athletes. Some of us, I think there were a lot of, um, you know, a lot of a lot of potential opportunity for growth and for learning there. You know, you I bring never in saw, like the geniuses of like Kobe Bryant Kobe, who understands. Oh man, you know, and the, I and bet every that's, person that saw and sp- I remember that's the thing. There have been every, so many every fighter that learned from that so much. Every fighter I've ever Everyone. talked with it was just like that was awesome. I'm so glad that they made that available. Let alone the fact of like Kobe, unfortunately now that he's not here. Every person that went to that was like. That was one of the greatest things I had ever seen. To a man and woman. Right. Everybody that said in that said, it, said it, was it was one of the most educational opportunities they've ever right. had of their entire career. I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. Look, yeah. at, look at the goosebumps. Yeah. I really wish the UFC would step up and offer that instead of taking uh, a backseat to helping them shape their career. Because that it is when it comes to money and it comes to some of the stuff that they're throwing at them, and especially now that the people that we're seeing are younger and younger, um, there are still the vets that still do with it. I mean, I think we've been in this industry for so long, and there's always something new to learn. There's always some nuance that we're not understanding. But the fact that the UFC isn't taking a more active role to help prepare these fighters, and and I can see it from one side they might be like, dude, there's just too many to, to micromanage everybody. And that's not about asking them to micromanage, but it's all – are you giving them an opportunity to make sure that they're making the most of their time while with your organization? Are you doing enough? And the fact that they're putting so much of these contracts and and weird opportunities in front of their face that are, for a young person, are so overwhelming where it's just like, let me just sign the dotted line because I know if I sign this dotted lining, more money is going to be in my bank than I've right. ever seen in one particular point. I just want that to happen, and I'll deal with the ramification after the fact. Whereas, like, if you go in that with a little more educated, at least they understand and feel a bit better. So when that day comes when they're just like, oh, now I finally understand what I was signing. Right. They have an understanding, and they're not going to hold it against you. And they're also not going to do weird shit at press conferences and take cans off the tables. And they're not going to give, you know, other comments at other places disparaging because they fully understand it. And that's the part that – um that's coming out of this whole like monster thing is that it's gotten we've I think the the UFC has went back from where they were at one point I was so I was very proud I was one proud as an employee seeing them doing it and then I was a proud as a media member covering it because I would go there and shoot sure. those things and I was like God this is so fucking boring for me to sit here and and <laughs> and shoot these press conferences or I'm sorry like these symposium things and these summits. But the one thing that came out of it that sticks in my mind is that they all looked happy that they felt like they were learning something that right. was bettering their lives. That's right. I can't Somebody's think kind of, of trying to look out for them. Basically. Somebody was looking out for them. And the fact that that's gone, I mean, granted, this was before the WME IMG stuff. Sure. I, I would hate to think that that was a line item. I'm sure it was a line item. It's not cheap to bring all those people to one place. So and, and, expensive, and, 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 I can only imagine. It's very expensive, but you're right. It's a line item that I think builds towards the future. I, I think, to be honest, man, I think the headaches and the hassles that were around it, which is unfortunate, but it is true if you create a party environment with a bunch of alpha males and alpha females and bring rivals together, you know. Shit's going to pop off. You know, I know for a while they were doing it like, in, in, and again, maybe this wasn't as practical as well. You know, they were doing like, 
in groups of 50 or whatever. You know, yeah. they would pick a, a group of 50 individuals, um, you know, and, just, and do it like in sections like that. And I think maybe that's a more manageable way to do it. Now, maybe it becomes more expensive. It's more repetitive. I'm not, not if they sure. do it at the residence inn. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> They, and then, the that being said, like when they were doing hey, it before in the heyday, their own hotel. Hey, when they build their own hotel, when they build their but own, then they're hotel. not going to have the conference room stuff. They're just literally probably going to put a fitness room in the thing. I mean, there's a decent amount of land there, but there's still time. But to you're fix talking the blueprints. like I haven't seen any bulldozers out true, there yet. So still I doubt they're going to throw the like a billion dollars. I mean, most like a no, new. No, I'm saying big to put a big ass conference room in there where they could do stuff like this. What you would you would hope. It's just one room. That's true. If, it, if they did it, something it, like it, that. It's got to be a 20,000, 200,000 like square foot conference center. But that center. was the thing. I just need a true, room. True. And I guess when we're saying this, we're going from the reference where this used to happen at the Red Rocks. Right. Where the Red Rocks is where they, uh, maybe they still have their holiday parties there. There would be multiple conference rooms of multiple things and then other smaller rooms where there could be a social media room going on while there was a, you know, whatever some other medical thing right. happened in another room. If there's one room, you can only do one thing at a time, but still that would be better than no rooms and sure. doing nothing. And I know we've rambled on a lot about this. Well, it's kind of funny. Thing, I was thinking to myself, I was like, I, I was kind of joking. I didn't even this. realize how passionate this. about it. I well, that's what we started say. talking about. This. Kinda, that's exactly what was crossing my mind. I was like, we've been talking about this for a long time, but it's so funny because the clicks on the story and the interest in the story has, has puzzled me. Yeah. And then we start talking about it. And I thought, well, wait a minute. There is a lot to talk yeah. about here. There's a lot to dissect. I didn't realize and a lot I was so passionate until we started going. It could be the Jameson, but you know, that too. It, it is, but it is. It's just, it's just crazy because when you think about when you there's so uh, these fighters are doing everything that they can to prepare their minds and their bodies for the the moment of combat, the moment of getting there and entertaining all the sad sacks on the outside. Mm. But what else can the UFC be doing to just better the rest of the time? I mean, they're doing all the best work that they can, but. There needs to be a future. There needs to be things going on to the side. And we, as just fans off the side, we have nothing we can do about that. Right. I mean, I could buy your fucking T-shirt. I can, you know, whatever, subscribe to your OnlyFans page. But outside of that, hey, Paige. Um, <laughs> I don't subscribe to her shit. She, she don't work for me. But uh, it's just like you just feel like when you start. And that's the thing. When you, when you, are, when you stay not woke just to use the wow. young people's terms to the Is that right before you smoke your flower <laughs> <laughs> let me go find some herb for you let's go we need to smoke a little bit um i mean until you think about those stuff you know it's easy to just let it all go but i mean i think as all of us i mean maybe that's how change happens is that more people on the outside are poking the bear and say whatever happened to you guys used to, to, to take care of your fighters better on this 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 you know why don't you do this 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 because it, but on the, I guess on the flip side, when I when I posed that question uh, to Julian, I was like, "Would you want them to do this again? Would you do whatever?" And he was like, "You know, I've done it before, but people just don't seem to want to do that." You know, I mean, I don't know. If, the I mean, buy-in I, was the buy-in wasn't great. You know, I mean, do fighters so not care about that? Hundreds I mean, of thousands of dollars, potentially millions of dollars, to educate people, they're not buying in. I don't know. It's it's an interesting. It, it's it's crazy. It yeah. is funny, man. It's, it's a discussion point. Uh, it, and is. Glad, it, it is interesting that it's been brought to the forefront. So uh, I, I would say, I guess, you know, l l take a second to, to read the story I wrote with Rampage. Um, 
I think I might be talking to some more fighters. I've had a, I've had several fighters that want to reach out. Just and talk do it to while me. you're drinking a Monster Energy and be happy that you're oh, doing. Clearly, that. as I would. I mean, as, I mean, I, I, I get tired in the day, but I, I get a Monster <laughs> Energy, and all of a sudden, and then I, I feel have, great, and then I just read more articles. Uh, listen, I do. I want. I, I do want to say one other thing. That it's not related to this, but it's it's kind of similar. It's it's. Uh, okay, it, Junior Dos Santos is filing appeal uh, of his loss to Ciro Gan, uh, and he already filed an appeal, and it was turned down. And, and he's refiling another appeal. And a lot of people, I think, are going to see this um, from the surface area, I guess, and say, ah, man, you know, I thought that, you know, what's he doing? He's not even in the UFC anymore. Why does he even care about the result of this fight? Um, it's not going to get him back in the UFC. It's not going to change his career, all those things. And, and, and you're right about all those things. But this Judo Santos appeal, I'm interested in watching because I want to see what it does moving forward for uh, the Nevada State Athletic Commission and – kind of just the way that the commissions address things because here's the thing. So the 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 elbow that put down Junior Dos Santos, I remember watching it live and thinking, whew, that is so close to being illegal. And then I remember watching the replay and seeing, well, you know what, man, when he throws that elbow, part of the forearm hits the ear, uh, and because of that it makes it legal because that's kind of what I've always been instructed is that if it hits the legal area, then if it bleeds over a little bit into the illegal area, it's still legal, right? Kind of like the foot wrapping around the back of the head. That's you know, 100% when you're it. That's the definition I've always been given, right? But a couple of things happen. Number one, I've seen the case that they presented to the, to the Nevada State Athletic Commission, and it is pretty interesting. Number one, there's a, there's a photo of Junior's head the next day. And it's it's the the case is is beautiful that they did because there's a famous picture that a lot of people have probably seen that's the definition of the the headphone rule like what the back of the head actually means and they put Junior Dos Santos's head right next to the picture of where the illegal area is and he damn if he doesn't have a bruise right there in the illegal mark so right so even if the forearm did hit the ear it's clear something hit that illegal area because he has literally the next day there's a bruise right there at the base of the skull man just right there in the center so you think okay well he definitely got hit in the back of the head right at the base of the skull which is supposed to be an illegal illegal area there's also an argument that they make which is kind of interesting if you go back and watch it you don't I, di- I didn't catch this the first time if I'm being completely honest with you but I went back and watched it because it was pointed out to me Cyril and again I, I'm not trying to say it was illegal. I'm not, I'm not trying to make that case. But this is interesting to watch. Cyril does actually grab Junior's shoulder with his left hand and and manipulate his body just a little bit before he throws the elbow. So it makes you wonder. Because you, know, you watch it live and you think, well, Junior turned his head away. So if he turned his head away and he exposed the back of his head, that's on him. But if you look, Cyril exposes uh, – Cyril manipulates his body just a little bit with the left hand before he drops the elbow over the top. Now, I'm saying all that. Yeah. Look, because we're talking about we're talking about yeah. fractions and, 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 and millimeters and all that. I'm not necessarily saying this needs to be overturned. But here's what I'm interested in following on this case about is that this to me is kind of an institutional thing that needs to change as well. This is kind of like it's not related to the monster thing at all, but it's 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 this kind of discussion, right? I'm less interested. Damn you, Hans. I'm less interested <laughs> in what is done in this particular case than I am in what happens overall, and that is the first time they filed an appeal, the Nevada State Athletic Commission basically just sends them a letter back that says, you know what, we're not we're not hearing your appeal. Like, yeah. sorry, 
You know, and it's just like, wait. And this has happened before. And this has happened before where people file appeals and they just go, nah. And I think that's not right. I think yeah. at, le- at least – like, I mean, if they were Connor and had enough money and people to, that knew that could lobby him, they would overturn it. That, that could be probably – But at least, at, least, at least have a hearing. And yeah. so now they're, now they're refiling. Judo Santos and his team are refiling, and they're saying, hey, we got your first thing. You know, you kind of pointed out some holes in our evidence or some holes in our case. Here's here's what we th- here's some added information. Here's some added reason, and and that is what I would like to see. Is I, I don't think it's right that the commission should just get a, a, an appeal and just say, nah. You know what I mean? Because look, yep. maybe it is something that needs to be talked about. Maybe it is a rule that like, hey man, this isn't the right rule. Or, you know, what should we change it? Because for instance, like like you said, like the foot wrapping around her. You know, the fact that he has a bruise on the base of his skull shows that he did well, that, take an illegal yeah. shot. So I would I, love to. I would love to even like even if that got changed. If you're if you're trying to say, hey, it touched the ear, it touched the legal area, and the rest is just uh, that just happened. Saying it just happened after it. If say you say you know seventy five percent of your strike is in the illegal area, and twenty five percent or less is in the legal area, right. shouldn't the illegal area outweigh the well, so, legal area? So here, so here, so here's and this is what I thought too because I've always heard the example you said. What about the foot wrapping around? Like right, yeah. let's say you throw you throw a high kick and the shin hits shin hits the shin side hits of the like head. the temple, yeah. but yeah. the toes wrap around and hit the back. Right? Okay, cool. This situation, I wonder if it almost wasn't a little bit more different. It's almost like, what if the shin hit the back of the head, but the toes wrapped around and hit the ear? Does that mean it's now legal because the foot did hit the ear? So that means it's that's legal because part of the blow did hit the you know the legal yeah. area. So see, what I'm saying, and 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 it's all, I think it would be totally fine to have a hearing and to lay out all the facts and just say, Junior, we still don't believe that this deserves to be overturned. Here's why we don't think. But at least have the hearing, yeah. at least have the information gathering, had that all public, had the discussion happen, all these things that we're talking about. Nobody would ever be talking about athlete education and how to handle sponsorship deals if Dominic Cruz hadn't done what he yeah. did. You know what I mean? He made it public. And I well, think the commission has a responsibility to make these these items public so that we talk about them yep. and we can at least, if there's chances to tweak and improve, we can tweak and improve. I completely agree. And especially you got to think, like, a lot of these commissions were born from being boxing commissions. This is not a boxing issue. Nobody's worried about whether a glove hits the side of the head or the back of the head. That's a clear definitive difference between the two. Right. But if you're throwing a leg, and like you said, you know, if the majority of the strike lands in the illegal area and part of the area uh, off to the side is legal, how can the, the bigger portion of the strike be yeah. pushed off because there was part of the, the I legal? I hadn't even thought about that way, but that's a great point because when I mean, you're talking about a boxing strike, you're talking about a very It's a very select, target. very, it's a, very, it's very one easy. One little spot. It's very easy. When you're talking tell. about that, that blow that Cyril Or even threw. a shin. Even when you talk about the shin in the foot, you're talking about a two-foot so I'm saying, two foot area. when you're talking about the forearm of heavy of of massive heavyweight yeah. Ciro Gan, or like you said, the shin, the knee down to the ankle, you're talking about huge difference. I mean, what would that be? Five or six gloves? Right. You know what I mean? Five or six the front of a glove. I think the discussion needs to happen because they need to update their set of what is how they reference what is legal, what is illegal, and what is good and what is not good. Because I think they still take it all from what has been a boxing perspective mm. like that needs to change like i think there needs to be the point where if 
you know, and granted, even that's subjective when it's somebody, if a ref that's in the rings, like if 75%, if 80% is in the illegal area, it's an illegal blow. The illegal side outweighs the other. Like if you could tell that the majority of the damage done, whether that is even subjective, is in the illegal area as opposed to the, the legal area, you have to lean on that side. But that has to be a discussion that the commission needs to make just start having those conversations but how do you have those conversations if they're not willing to even just hear stuff like they need to be brought to task to do it i mean and there's no incentive i mean these are this is a board of people that are picked by the uh, the governor right you know they come in and they pick their stuff they're paid by the events and things i'm sure maybe there's some government money that helps stipend it maybe it's an i don't know what the government subsidy that pays for this but a lot of their funds are paid by the fees the penalties right. and the things events that are paid on so they're paid to to have events happen they're not paid to make sure that the right thing is happening at least in the sense of let's change the way that shit's been going on for a hundred years right. to make sure that the best thing is happening. Better off just to make sure that just make sure that the status quo. The nobody rocks a boat. That's a that's a go. good that's a good way of putting yeah. it. Nobody rocks a boat. We make sure whatever. But it's just, I think a lot of it stems from the same when they chose to l- start looking at the glove, and even the when it, when new gloves are being inter, in, in, uh, developed and introduced, they're looking at well, where's the padding? Remember, we would go to those oh, yeah. boring ass <laughs> meetings that went forever, and oh, it was yeah. like, oh, we're going to talk about the padding here and the sensors here. If you can talk about that, why can't you possibly talk about how uh, an illegal strike and a valid strike are interpreted, right. especially since it has changed it's from just a glove, from a boxing and glove. And especially if you're talking about a real-world scenario. like I And under- life and death That's type shit. I understand that if, if you're just – like somebody brings up some hypothetical and you're like, dude, I ain't got time to sit here and talk about some hypothetical. Yeah. But if you're bringing in real-world examples and you could say this fighter believes that the rule wasn't interpreted properly here or, you know, let's talk about it. Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. Do that. Like, even that if, to me is your job. Even if they tried to hijack... It was funny. Like, here's the rebel in me. Even if they tried to hijack a local meeting where uh, they're like, here's public, public discussion. We're not going to actually answer your question or talk to you, but do you want to say something on record? Start using those opportunities to start saying stuff. Yes. Filibuster that shit. Go on for an hour and talk about how the They'll commission. They'll cut you off in like two or three minutes, but still say something. Oh yeah, what are they going to physically remove you? Not if you're Junior Dos Santos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to start having armed guard police at every uh, meeting. Sir, would you mind stopping? No, I'm <laughs> no, not stopping. No, no, I'm nice, but I'm not stopping. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen, man, it's funny. I mean, we haven't talked about the fights this week, and it's interesting. But <laughs> I wouldn't stop. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, nope. Everybody's checking their watch going, oh, no, no, you're fine. We're good. Uh, I'm We're good. Late lunch today. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, you know, look, it's, it's interesting. It's in, I, I feel like sometimes we do get so bogged down in just the fight cards and that sort of thing. And, I mean, that is what this is about. But I, I thought those were two pretty interesting topics. And one that uh, hopefully we didn't bore anybody with, but ran further than, than I thought we would. But uh, 
just does go to show you what's what's kind of going out there. So let's do get to this this, this fight card this week. Uh, it is UFC on ESPN 21. Uh, Derek Brunson versus Kevin Holland. A lot of breakdown in the main event. I'll, I'll tell you right now, if you want to see a, a fantastic breakdown, uh, go check out Dan Tom's breakdown on, on MMA Junkie. He he did a great written part. Um, check I, all of his breakdowns. The, you guys check, aren't checking his breakdowns. His, you should be checking. Yeah, but there's a reason why Dan Tom's usually always at the top of our staff picks. Yes, there is. He understands his shit, and if you're a gambler. He'll you need, give you, you, need to, you need to pay attention to Dan Tom. I, I um, just gonna say, just the, saying. The way the schedule is laid out this week, I actually, um, you know, we've talked about kind of some impending staff changes. Uh, I think people are probably already aware of some of the changes that we've uh, incurred already. There's more going on, but uh, I edited this his breakdown piece this week, uh, which I don't always do. So a lot of times I'm reading it after we've already done this podcast, but but uh, but I actually edited it this week, so I got the inside of that. Um, it's a great main event. It's an intriguing main event. I, 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 like I said, if you want a, an in-depth breakdown, go go check out Dan Tom's breakdown in MMA Junkie. He does a fantastic job with it. I'll just say, um, and, and he kind of lays out the case. Um, I, I won't spoil it for you in, in which way he goes with it um, because I, I love the way that Dan Tom does his breakdowns. He kind of shows you here's one fighter's path to, to victory, here's another fighter's path to victory, here's ultimately which way I'm deciding. But I think, I think he does his breakdowns in a phenomenal fashion. Um, but I'll tell you what, I, I ended up leaning towards Derek Brunson in this one, and I am so hesitant on this one. This is one that if I was, you know, if, if if the only bet that I could make was my rent money, I'd, I'd probably just keep it in my pocket. You know what I'm saying? Like I would right. put. I would. This not is the one on you a, skip. This is one you skip. This is the one you skip. Um, Don't add this to your parlay. I'm leaning towards Derek Brunson just for the simple fact that um, I do believe um, a couple of things. First of all, I do believe that you know he has the better wrestling, and while, and while Kevin Holland is certainly dangerous uh, as a grappler as well, I think Derek Brunson is is seasoned enough that he can deal with it. So I think what we're going to see is a lot of Brunson clinching, a lot of Brunson takedowns, a lot of Brunson top position. Um, but we'll see. Kevin Holland is dangerous. He's he's clearly dangerous off his back. He can knock you out from his back. You know what I mean? Is Jacare so is How to, crazy that, is that? I mean, but that's that to me is like a that's one. That's still in, the most ridiculous oh, thing that's, I've that's ever seen That's a one in, in a million life. thing, right? Like, that's not something that happens a lot. So you Until can't go, it happens the second yeah, time. Or two in a million. One in 500,000 even if you do the reduction. <laughs> uh, we'll find out. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, and I will say the other thing I like about Derek Brunson, is, and we he addressed it in our media day, is – I think Derek Brunson fights poorly sometimes when people are under his skin, uh, when people have pissed him off, when people have kind of gotten to him. And while Kevin Holland is that guy, and by the way, could still get under his skin during round one, during round two, during round three. I mean, this is a dude that's talking trash to you, right? Nonstop. Yeah, so I mean, he could still get under his skin. But I feel like Derek is in this kind of more mature position in his career, in his life now, where it's just like, it doesn't bother him anymore. So, you know, I think about the way he fought against Adesanya, for instance. I think about the, the way he fought against Whitaker. Um, you know, I don't think I, I don't think his head was necessarily in either of those fights, and and uh, I think his head will be in this one. So, I, so I lean towards Derek Brunson. Uh, what say you, Kokov? Did you have a a strong? Because I'll be honest with you, like you said, I. It, Stay away from this one as far as I'm This is a 50-50 fight to me. This is completely a 50-50 fight. Uh, you know, and this could be one that bites me in the ass because I've went for the up-and-comer uh, multiple times where not that it's buying into the hype, um, but in this case. Sure. Oh, the hot commodity, right? I went with a, I went with a hot commodity. I went with, I went with Kevin Holland. One, I just, 
I just love listening to this dude. He he's so Phenomenal. fun. But um, and the and this is no offense to Derek. I just I just feel like fighters have seen what he is, has offered, and it's not like they're seeing a new trick out of the bag every time they come. And I think a guy like Kevin, who is still feels to me like he's growing, and I see new wrinkles to his game. The fact I could see him knock out a guy like Jacare Souza from his back. Um, it's just absolutely mind blowing. Um, and while you, while you're correct, I think Derek has dangerous uh, grappling to get him down. I just don't think he's going to be able to get him down as easily as he's mm. been able to get the other guys. So I went with Holland on this one, and I was trying to look to see what uh, Dan Tom because, and I was trying to look on the staff records because you're doing really well. This uh, look, I'm usually around second, third, fourth. I've never won in all yeah. the years we've done. But I've you're never up there. Won. But I mean, there's there's usually sometimes when you when you trickle down to the me- the middle, you know, start to get a little bit lower, and then you bring it back up. But yeah, right yeah. now, you are going strong. Appreciate so, uh, so I, I feel a little weird going against you. But in this one, I did go with Holland. Um, there's just something about him. I just I, I when I when I think of their trajectories and what he's been able to to bring, I do think that he is a bit undersized when it comes to Derek, you know, um I think he could easily if if Kevin wanted to, he not easily because I mean, obviously weight cuts suck and I've never been good my life. I'm on a weight gain path right now. Uh but the fact that he could easily be fighting welterweight right now and just I think smashing dudes and making a big presence for himself. He's fighting bigger guys that are probably normally 25 pounds heavier than himself. And he's doing an incredible job. Um, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just hot on him right now. I'm just, I'm just high on what is his skills. When I just love his swagger. I love his personality. I just think that Derek's not going to present, present. Uh, there's always a possibility if Derek catches him um, with the strike, if Derek catches him with his power, He's going to hurt anybody. I just think Kevin has a good chin. He hasn't taken the damage that a lot of the old veterans. He rolls with him so well. And I just have a feeling that Derek's not going to have his way when it comes to getting him down. And if he does, um, fuck, he's dangerous on the the ground. And it's not even like he's capturing guys and just submitting dudes right and left. The fact that you can knock a dude out with your power from your back. That's insane. It's the most insane thing I've ever seen. And when I saw that knockout, I was like, I I, I was literally at a loss of words. And at this point, I, I'm like, until he proves me wrong, I'm just, he's he's now moved into that. Um, don't doubt him. Don't doubt him. That's yeah. exactly it. He's moved into my don't doubt him cal- uh, column. And as good as Derek is, he's not the guy that I would I would say is the one that's going to push this the, the young rising stud. Down, he does. So, some, Holland does something impressive here, man. And you got, but like you're right, you it's a fucking pick them. It's 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 tough. It's it's depending on where you want to put. You want to put more credit in the fact of uh, this guy that when he does dominate, when he does take guys down, he's just so oppressive. If if you if you're confident that Brunson is going to be able to take him down at ease and hold him down, and he's not going to get up, and he's just going to grind out um, rounds, then go with Brunson. But if you think that. Kevin Kevin knows what Derek's going to do, and he's he's wise enough to keep the distance away and and get into the mind as the game's going on. Throw those good strikes, pull some random ass strikes because he's got some you know some unique little strikes that he's pulling out, and I think he has a more diverse striking um, attack than Derek because I think he's at that phase. He's he's like the 
like I think any young person coming up, they're they're more willing to try because they're they haven't seen enough, they haven't lost enough to doubt the fact that what I might try to do is gonna go against me. Mm-hmm. So I think his his don't uh, know what you don't know. That's it, you know. So I, I went I went with Holland in this one, and uh, you know I'm just saying, you know, as the maybe I think I'm number two in our in our picks right now. I would say if you're a betting person. Either one of us is good because both of us are doing really, really well right now. Um, but this this year, we've been pretty in step, I yeah, think, I agree. a lot with each other, which is, I think, why you're at the top with me this year. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as a as a former champion former of the pick. Champion. And uh, this but hurting. Hurting. <laughs> just hurt my feelings. That, but this is this that is a hell of a fight. I mean. Uh, it's one of those ones. I mean, these are two guys that can help define the way that the, the division. If there is not that you want to call Brunson a gatekeeper or the old guard, but in the terms of looking at these two guys, this is old guard versus the new guard, and uh, boy, it's it's exciting because I mean, this fight literally lays out like who's going to be. This is a contender fight. Like this is who's going to be fighting for the title within a fight or so. Yeah, they're up for a big. Big big fight next, no matter what. There's yeah. no question about it. Even though there's a lot of big fights at middleweight right now. So, uh, big main event. Co-main event, I, I find very, very intriguing as well. Lightweight fight between Gregor Gillespie and Brad Riddell. Uh, it's old school uh, striker versus grappler. I mean, it, it, as much as it can be in this day and age, obviously everybody's a complete martial artist at this point. But Brad Riddell uh, is a former uh, you know, kickboxer, professional kickboxer. Gregor Gillespie, a former Division One. Uh, champion in wrestling, national champion, national champion. All-American I think people champion. don't always uh, view his credit. To be honest with you, look, I don't think I, you know, I think a lot of people don't know his entirely wrestling credentials. But I mean, they're they're impressive to say the least. So listen, Gregor uh, is sometimes an interesting cat to talk to. He's a little standoffish at times, and sometimes can be. I don't know if intimidating is the word, but it just it feels like. Like, oh, he dude. was different though on our on our media day, right. and you'll hear it. You'll hear so, it. He so, was different. I don't he, know if that was because of you. Well, I think here, so. Here's what happened. So I, I trimmed the audio down a little bit. Now, if you want to see the full one, uh, go over to YouTube and you can check it out there. But uh, we started out spending several minutes talking about wrestling and talking about fishing. <laughs> that, was a, that was a good open. That <laughs> yeah, was a that, good open. That kudos to you because it could, if you would have started with just fight shit, I think we would have got more of like the old. But I think he was happy to see you. But you started it right because you gave him his bread and butter right from that, the get-go. That's it. So that was the straight. So if you watch the YouTube and you go, what the hell is Morgan talking about Why here? is he starting with why the wrestling? Why about wrestling? And then why did he go from wrestling to fishing? Well, it is because I wanted to get to this part right here. So we're going to pick this up in the middle. Um, but you can hear what, what Gregor is talking about um, after we, I think, warmed him up properly and gave <laughs> what I thought was one of the best interviews I've ever heard from him. So uh, here was uh, here was Gregory Gillespie, you know, talking about rebounding from a very very difficult loss the last time out, uh, being away for a long time, and kind of what's at stake in this one. Um, so here's here's Gregory Gillespie. But as far as like my time, um, you know, I wouldn't say away from fighting. I've been training, obviously, but uh, you know, we did have some downtime this summer. I was upstate and. Uh, I uh, spent quite a bit of time with my family and my girlfriend and um, my friends from home, which is really nice. Otherwise, you know, if this hadn't have happened, this is kind of the silver lining. Had this never happened, um, you know, I would never had a four or five month stretch where I would go home and stay there. So, but my girlfriend got me into uh, mountain climbing, so I've been doing a lot of that. So we're doing the high peaks up in the Adirondacks in uh, northern New York. So we're working on getting all 46 of those done. That's awesome. Yeah. So you mentioned the time off. I mean, 
I was surprised it was this song. Did yeah. you did you intend for it to be this song? No. And like a ton of people get on me on social media about that. And it's like, I guess, you know, I don't really love to to dive into it with people that are giving me uh, shit online about being out for so long. And, you know, they send the nasty messages like, how's retirement? Or have you woken up yet from Kevin Lee? And it's just like, I try not to get into it. But it's like, I guess to address that, I would have to say, you know, I, I'm not like taking a break from fighting. I've been training and I've been trying to stay ready, but it's, I broke my jaw against Kevin Lee. So I had a four or five month layoff as far as getting like touched in contact. You can't do anything. I was home getting clearance upstate New York from my, you know, facial doctor that, you know, gives you the clearance and tells the UFC that you're back for, you know, you know, ready to go. And that weekend I was going to a ski resort upstate before I came back down after getting cleared. And that's when all hell broke loose. That was the start of the whole quarantining thing and the whole lockdown and stay in place. That weekend we were at, it was 4 PM and the ski resort got shut down for the season. So we went home and I just stayed there, you know? So it was unfortunate timing. And of course people don't also realize, I'm not sure they know where I live. I live in Long Island. Like we're talking about 18 miles from like epicenter of this whole thing. You know, and again, I'm not like super worried about it. Like, again, I, again, to each their own. But it's hard to find like where to train and who to train with when gyms aren't open, you know? So it's not something that I did on purpose. And it's not like I wanted to sit out. It's just kind of unfortunate circumstances, you know? It's interesting because that's, you know, when I was, you know, from the outside looking in, I thought maybe, you know, difficult knockout. You're not used to losing. Sure. Wanted to take some time to mentally evaluate things. But, Really, that was none of it. None of it. No, man. I would have loved to been right back to training after I got clearance in March. I would have loved to come back and gotten a fight in the next couple months. It just was unfortunate timing, you know? The gyms were closed in New York. And it's like then you got people sneaking around trying to keep a gym open and they're getting fined 10 grand. So it was tough. You know, and when things finally opened up, we figured it out and we got back on the pony. But it's like... I don't know if people understand if they're living in, you know, wherever in the Midwest and it's a little bit more open. If you're in Long Island or the New York City area, you couldn't train, yeah. you know, it was tough, man. Well, now that you're back and you, and you are able to train, I mean, is this one important to you? I mean, like I said, I know you're not a guy that's accustomed to losing very often. Sure. That was a difficult one. Is this is it important to get in there and like get that behind you or or? Because of your wrestling mentality, like, is it already behind you? I mean, it's been behind me. I thought it was, uh, I would say, in the, the few weeks following that loss, um, it was behind me. And, and I, I want to say this, too. The way I lost was easier to accept for me. And, I mean, people may be like, what is he talking about with that? But that was easier for me to accept than getting, like, beat up for three rounds or getting taken down and held down or, you know, like, or getting just, if I had been drugged through the mud and then lost a bad decision... That would have hurt me way more. I got hit with a really nice punch followed by a really clean kick. And props to Kevin Lee on that, man. That was a beautiful combo. And it's I don't know if you could do it better than that. And it wasn't lucky. It wasn't I got caught. It was perfectly executed. And the credit's to him on that. It wasn't like, oh, well, you know, I had an off night. No, man, that was really solid on his end. So it was a little bit more ex not acceptable. You never want to say losing was acceptable. But, like, I didn't get drugged through the mud for 15 or 25 minutes and, and then, you know, like walked all over. That would definitely been affected to be a lot more, you know, just because then you're like, wow, man, nothing I did worked. Yeah. Nothing that I could have possibly done would have changed the outcome of that fight, you know? Did it change any things in, in the course of like your career? I mean, you know, at the time you were like dark horse title contender. We're like, sure. man, this guy's going to sneak in the back door and, and, you know, 
beat Habib or something. Sure. You know? So um, did, did it change anything in terms of like your career arc or, or what the goals that you have for yourself? Well, I mean, a couple things I would say probably did and not just that loss. I mean, anytime you're on the cusp of being in the conversation for another, you know, title eliminator or whatever the case would have been there, um, then obviously, yeah, it's going to change the trajectory of your, your, you know, path. But also so did, you know, 12 months of being on lockdown. You know, I think that probably has more to do with it. The great thing about the UFC and the fight game in general, but, you know, really the UFC is the fact that the zero at the end of your record isn't all they care about, you know. And they actually said that to me, you know, a few of the guys high up said, you know, don't worry about that. You know, just keep performing and, and you'll be back in no time. And I think the great thing about fighting for the UFC and MMA in general is that you can erase all of that the bad stuff with a good performance on Saturday night. They only care about your last one. And that's, that's the proof right here is I had 13 fights in a row with, you know, five finishes in a row in the UFC and I lost once and that's all people remember. So yeah, you know, exactly. You know, and, I mean, listen, I get it. That's part of the culture and that's, that's what goes on on Instagram. That's the trolling of, you know, what goes on these days. But all I got to do is show up and perform on Saturday and apparently they'll, they'll forget about that one. That's awesome. Last yeah. thing for me then I, I wonder, cause you're back now. Big spot, right? Coleman event, ESPN. Sure. I mean, it's a big deal. So, so what's the goal here? I mean, is it just for you to get back in there and enjoy yourself, or is it to make a statement, remind people who you are? Or what, what, what is the goal on Saturday, other than just to win, of course? I mean, winning is really the the, the only thing that matters, you know. And um, I would say to kind of like uh, parlay that, I would say that winning and looking good doing it, not being a boring fight, not being a cautious fight not being a fight that I'd wish I'd done more and kind of, I don't want to underperform. So I want to go out there and let loose, man. I want to, you know, show people that I'm the grappler in this division. I'm the guy who's, you know what I mean? Like, that's kind of winning, like you said. Winning is the biggest, most important thing. Your hand raised at the end of the night is the most important thing, but I want to do it the right way with some conviction. Right, that was the gift, Gregor Gillespie. Listen, uh, number one, I mean, I just think his attitude about the loss that he suffered is so just spot on of the way people should should deal with it, man. I mean, it sucks. Like, it absolutely sucks. It's the worst. We got to say highest to highs, lowest to lows. But um, that that is accepting of, of how you deal with it and how you move forward and 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 how you how you go on. And, and to be honest with you, it was kind of educational to me, man. I thought like he was having some issues, and that's why he's kind of out for as long as he was so so that was that was cool to hear uh and then of course the thing that honestly i think has been a repetitive theme over as more people do talk about it is just the frustration of social media sometimes i mean just how um how how dickish people can be online sometimes about stuff which sucks no i know which sucks which sucks which is why (laughs) which is why you shouldn't mess with all that stuff you should go to patreon.com yes Slash the MMA Roadshow. Well, everybody's peachy and happy and Jump over there. well hung, and what? your kids are smart, and your wives are beautiful. Well, listen, you go to patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow. For as little as $3 a month, you can help support the show, which uh, does assist us greatly in the costs and things that we do incur in presenting this podcast out for you every week. You also get exclusive access to the and a half episodes, of course, where we recap every single USC event, which is basically every show. And here's and the other duties. thing. Here's the, <laughs> here's the other thing we've learned recently. You might want to come on there and talk some shit to me too. But guess what? 
you're supporting the show, so I will engage with I will engage with you while you talk shit to me yes. there because at least you're supporting the show. We want, I do want to send a, a shout out to Enrique. And I, I want to roll my R's. Can you roll your R's? Do you want to get, Enrique. Can we get Joe <clears throat> Martinez in here? Enrique. Enrique. Go. Ortiz. <laughs> Thank you for jumping on for a year. And uh, he actually took good benefit. He, he, he uh, joined and literally put his first message within minutes. So I thought that was awesome. Um did the new annual option, right? Yes, which is Supporting cool. Show on an I mean, annual like, basis. I mean, it's because, uh, and actually, I just noticed another person that did the same sort of thing. Our our lovely fellow Mark Fellows oh. uh, deleted his. Sad to see you go. And then came right back with the year membership because you guys get a discount. I like that. You get a discount if you pay for a year in advance. That's not us. That's just Patreon saying, hey, guys, you want to do this? But, uh, <coughs> um, Yes, I mean, there's no better access to just be able to talk shit and tell John that he's a fucking asshole racist <laughs> than, uh, than than that, and he's not. But whatever. Um, but that's what it's that's what it's there for is to be able to chat and talk. And and even me and John were talking more today that we want to keep doing more. And this is even outside of the chats and outside of other stuff. And I'll give you a teaser in the sense that I know we talk about being able to give stuff before. We're hoping to do either um, a monthly sort of giveaway or a quarterly giveaway. Um, I know myself has over the over time has uh, accumulated programs and media um, credentials and things of that sort. While my credentials wouldn't be as cool as John, but I am going to put them out there just as John will as well. And we're hoping to uh, to do some sort of giveaways or something. We'll figure that out um, just to start rewarding you guys. I mean, outside of the fact of doing chats, doing things to where we can chat and, and just shoot the bull with you guys. Um, you guys are shaping the way that this sort of goes and uh, the interactions and the conversation with you guys have become a wonderful part of the day. So I appreciate you guys. And I know we say it, but uh, we just want to say it again. We appreciate that sort of stuff. But do know that we are trying to find other ways to do um, to be able to reward you guys. And so whether that's chats, live chats, streaming, other stuff, but we need to we need to step it up. I told John we need to step it up and, and do some more giveaways. And part of it's the fact that uh, I'm going to run out of closet space eventually. <laughs> that uh, all these programs and other shit that I have no one else. I, I I told him I can I can only show my my family members my my uh, programs and an old fight gear once every five or ten years before they just tell me to stop showing the same stuff. So I might as well give it away so you can do the same to your family. Um, you know, we'll figure something out with that sort of stuff. But uh, like I said, other ways to just give back. But if there is a, an area where you want to have direct access to it, Patreon is definitely uh, definitely that way. My OnlyFans is still private right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> What's the point of an OnlyFans? It's private. <laughs> because I don't want anybody judging me. <laughs> and I, yeah, so I'm going to change it to only me site, not OnlyFans. <laughs> yeah, I, I would... We're not giving away memberships to that site. That's for sure. We don't want to do that. No one wants that one. All right. If you have something you don't like, let me tell you about how you can subscribe to my only me site. <laughs> <laughs> they will get nudies that they'll never forget what they look like. All right, USC. We, we've been rambling today forever. It's got to be the Jameson, I know. But so we, we'll, we'll we'll burn through this. USC on ESPN twenty one. Speaking of, we we didn't tell them. We didn't set up the situation. We never did. We did. We started with uh, some PPR. But for all those that were criticizing the light sheet and actually who wanted to write us checks and and send them first class mail superposed because our our beer situation had changed. 
we we fixed the fridge. We did. Award winning. We're back Absolute at the award, the award winning, and hey, uh, so today, uh, and Cole Coffee was even hitting him up. I was the, fucking the hard going push hard on today. Media. I went hard today. So there's the thing, and and I think it was uh, no, it was Hans that reached out. I, I think Mark probably uh, is already on it, but that that whole PBR was pushing out uh, a thing today, and it was with this untapped app, and they're trying to beat. There's like a bracket going on, and they're trying to compete for check-ins where you're checking in, whatever. So I told Morgan, I was like, dude, we need to step up our game. We need to help him out. And PBR liked it. And maybe I, they didn't retweet it, but they liked it. And so it's a start. It's a start. So it was like, well, hey, you know. And so Morgan, when he hit me up and was like, hey, I'm on my way over to the studio. I'm going to pick up some beer. And I said, well, if there was only a way we can get them to sponsor us, then you wouldn't have to go to the store. And PBR liked the tweet. Doesn't mean that they actually responded and said, well, hey, let's talk more. But hey, if you have a. Uh, a, a penchant to be able to control people like Hans Dusseldorf, whatever his name is. Hans Molenkamp told me he could get the deal done. If Hans, he said, you're struggling to get the deal done. Hans, like, make I, it work. Hans can get the deal Hans done. Hans could get it done. So feel free to bug PBR and tell them how they should help out the MMA Roadshow, the number one MMA podcast that supports PBR. I, I think we're probably the only MMA podcast that supports PBR. Gotta be. But we're the best one that does. But feel free to to do that. One so, of one is still first place, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, so today medal. we're back to for for those that were worried for us, the uh, lychee lychee beer is gone, and we are back to award winning red, white, and blue American born and bred Pep's Blue Ribbon with a little Irish flair of the Jameson for all those that are still celebrating St. Patty's Day. Except that the bottle is now empty. I'm not sure how I that happened. I have another happens. one in there. Oh, sorry. But we won't, I, won't, I won't bring it sir, out. Sir, we have weigh-ins in the morning. <laughs> I'm not going to bring them up, but we have another one in some, there. Some people in our company have like missed events recently. Who did that? Oh, but we should it. probably tell. Hey, that was the catalyst. All right, so do people know? I guess people don't know. <laughs> so, just to. Just I mentioned it on and a half last did you? week. Well, I mentioned it, and then, and then I immediately I didn't said. I but now I should have. And, and then I immediately said. I don't know if I should actually be talking about this. <laughs> so I missed, I missed uh, the the morning wake up to go and and uh, test and quarantine. Which this is one of the things that you know, it's it's one of those small things that they're like, hey, if you want to attend the event, you got to do this thing. But it means getting up at the crack of fucking dawn, driving your ass to a hotel, getting your throat swabbed, and then sitting in the hotel, um, and then getting up to be able to work. It's a pain in the butt, but luckily. Uh, with the loss of cold coffee at their event, the UFC was so distraught and was so upset. They sent out, they sent out an email uh, just the other day and said they're not going to ask people to quarantine at the hotel on fight day. If you're good, uh, we Lo- have to go test on Friday. Locals cannot quarantine at home. Locals this is a game changer. This is a game changer. I've been for the last e- well, I don't know, year or so, but every yeah, week been I've been year. getting up crazy? and I've been going to the Holiday Inn at 6.45 in the morning on Saturday. Yep. Taking my test, and then and then I will be honest with you. Then I just go immediately back to sleep. I lay down and go to sleep. But it's yeah. just, but you still gotta get a, up. You gotta get it's up. It's a full the day on. commitment to these fight events. That's you know, it. I mean, I find myself being more tired than I want to be at the end of them, just because I've been there all day long. Yeah. So, uh, yes, it is a nice development. We said the world is moving forward a little yes. bit. We're we're making change now. Again, we are still asked to quarantine at our house after we take our test on Friday. Yeah. Uh, we are still asked to you know not go anywhere else. You know, stay within our home. Um, but I'd much rather stay in my home than stay at the random room at the Holiday Inn, which yeah. smells like 
weed and cheeseburgers. Because <laughs> I'm right next to your room. <laughs> All right, let's the rest of this card. Uh, listen, Ty Tuivasa is facing Harry Hunsucker, uh, who stepped in on a last-second notice. Uh, if you want to hear our good friend Oscar Willis have an incredibly uncomfortable conversation with Ty Tuivasa, <laughs> make sure you check out the end of that scrum as he was trying to get Ty to bite on the awkwardness. Of he wanted him to say cocksucker. Yeah, so Harry's last name. Uh, and Ty took the high road and actually uh, off-camera said, I'm not – he said, I'm not going to say something like that about his name, his family name. Be, oops, is that blah, blah, blah. So that was funny uh, just because it was our good friend that crashed and burned there. Uh, but here Which was he something. asked us beforehand, just to, behind the curtain. He's like, do you think that'll work? And we're like, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, go for it. I think I think so. And there's a 50-50 chance that the, the line in question will work, and there's the, the, the possibility that it, it bombs. Yeah. It still worked for me because I had great joy listening to it. <laughs> I thought it was a wonderful. It didn't make the hot tea highlight reel. We'll say that, <laughs> but you know, he, he moves on. Luckily, he doesn't worry about too much. But here, okay, listen. Uh, surprise fight alert that you need to be interested in that maybe you weren't before. Oh, uh, I would say that maybe you, you should have been anyway. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Adrian Yanez, Gustavo Lopez, I think is going to be a fun fight. Two bantamweight prospects yep, yep. very early in their career. But this thing got really intriguing really fast, and let me tell you why. Uh, basically, uh, Gustavo Lopez came in and started talking, and I'm going to pick up again middle of his interview, but we weren't really trying to stir the pot so much. We were just asking about, Aren't you? you know, what it's like. He got his first UFC win. He's facing a guy that has a little buzz around him, that has a little hype around him. What are the thoughts? And, uh, Gustavo Lopez, uh... He, he brought the fire, man. This dude, <laughs> he brought the heat. Uh, and, and so you need to hear a little bit of this. So, uh, a fight that maybe wasn't on your radar that should be after this man speaks, Gustavo Lopez. Like, I am kind of – I'm glad I'm there. People are, like, looking past me and thinking, oh, Gustavo's going to get get knocked out by this dude. By who? Like, who, this, who is this random Giannis dude that has supposedly has good striking, good footwork? I'm like, could he swim? How you know how deep in the waters can he can he swim? Does he like you know? There's some there's some um, you say he likes to scramble, likes to wrestle. I'm like, you don't like to wrestle. Wrestlers don't like to wrestle. I'm gonna put you in some deep deep water, and he's gonna get drowned. That's awesome. I was gonna ask you what you thought about this matchup, right? Because I feel like he's got a lot of hype around him. You know what I mean? Like what? People are looking at him as this talk, talk super prospect or whatever. Talk to me. Who he be? Who has he be that is like oh? He's being fucking. He fought like the Marabs, the fucking guys in the UFC. He bought. He he's doing well. He and he, and he will be a, a good fighter. But I'm gonna ruin. His, I'm gonna ruin his night. I'm gonna ruin a lot of people's. His whole hype is gonna get taken off. I'm I'm a different animal in this game. You know, with the world of sharks, I'm that megalodon dude that gets you in the waters, and I'm gonna drown this dude. It's different. I'm a different beast. Even when I would fight Burchek, Burchek is a, it's an amazing grappler, and he's like, bro. You're different. My coaches at 10 Plan are like, bro, they've never seen no one like you. I am a different animal down there. And when the world sharks, I'm that big, that big monster is going to drown these guys. That's awesome. Can't say it much better than that. Let me just say last thing then. What, what kind of fight are you expecting here? I mean, he's had some quick finishes, right? So, I mean, do you feel like this is a fight that comes out and, and you get it done early and, and there can be something spectacular? Or do you feel like, you know, in order to drown him, you gotta, you got to take him to the deep waters of the I rounds could, as well? I could drown him in the first round. It doesn't. It doesn't take much for me to get. get my, so the moment I get my hold, on, get a hands on this guy, it's gonna be a bad night for him. He's, you know, and for him, he's a guy that loves to come pressure. He's a guy that loves to come forward. 
Let's go. Let's get get close to me. Let's see what happens. You know, you're, he's like we talked about some interviews that he's hoping to knock me out. He's hoping. You know, I know if I get a hold of him, it's gonna be a bad night. And my striking, to say, well, who's saying my striking ain't good? You know, have you not seen the, my last highlights? So where's this hype coming from from this dude? I'm gonna ruin this guy's night. It's gonna have an amazing trip. I'm gonna go out there, put on a show, get that bonus, and just fucking take off. I'm gonna go out there. I'm gonna murder this guy. It's gonna be a bad night for him. Are you always this fired up before a fight, or is there something about this one in particular? No, I'm. I get uh, during fight week. I get just super, just focused. I'm in a point in my life that I'm just the happiest I could be right now. Everything in my life is well. Family's good. Everything's happy, and I've li- I've changed my outlet in life of just being grateful for where I'm at, and I'm super happy. I'm just things are just amazing. I have so much going on in the world other than just fighting. I have this uh, new business that I'm trying to that we're starting up with a this fashion designer called Camille Flawless, and she does like high end uh, dresses with some, uh, with these stones, Shravoshki stones, and these are like ten thousand, twenty thousand, thirty thousand dollar dresses. So I partnered up with her because uh, me having my bachelor's in finance, I could help broaden the business. And her being, a, you know, being the the artist she is, she could do what she does. So I'll connect my people with her people. We have a trip to Miami after this to go do some more business, go look at a shop we're gonna buy. And then I have my other company, Team Hustle, at Las Vegas that we have a big meeting with a bunch of investors the next week. You know, this fight is not all I do. I'm a super intelligent dude and. When I get into the cage, when I get to this point in my life that I just, I'm intense right now. I just want to get a hold of this guy. And it's just been, it's been a, we got this notice 16 weeks out, long time out. So we had a lot of time to study this dude, to know what he's doing, work on my striking, work on my defense, work on my movement. You know, if he's going to throw, come at me, man. Let's go. You think I don't have a chin? Like, have you not fought, have you not fought, seen the people I fought? Like, where does hype this dude come from? Well, I was going to ask, do you think it's something to do with the fact that he's coming off the Contender Series, right? We see a lot of momentum from those guys coming into the UFC from that, from that outlet. So maybe that could be it? It could be it. It, it could be the two highlights you know, that he had. Great knockouts. But against some random-ass dudes. Name me the guy he fought. <laughs> right? You know, it's like, oh, he fought, he fought Marab. Oh, he fought, he fought you know, Anthony Burchek. Oh, he fought these. Who's he fought? You know? Get some dudes. Victor Rodriguez. Who's that? It's a guy he just fought. Yeah. So who, who is he? Who is he? Yeah. It's like, you know, I'm sure he, he looks talented. He has great striking. You know, he might be good on the ground, but he's not, he's not a monster like me. Gustavo Lopez uh, bringing the heat, to say the least. I will say it was kind of funny. Uh, obviously, uh, our, our man Oscar Willis had a little bit more success in that interview, but uh, Gustavo went from saying he's going to murder a man to talking about a dress shop that he's opening in the course of one sentence, which I thought <laughs> I thought was very exciting. So, so okay, so that sets the stage, right? Gustavo Lopez bringing the heat, and we were all like, damn, like, dude was talking, right? Well, later on, uh, Adrian Yanez shows up, and and, and – he starts talking, and we're asking him some questions as well, and we're kind of we're kind of leading him to to the Gustavo Lopez thing. But uh, as we're interviewing Adrian Yanez, we find out, oh, he saw that, he was watching all that, 
he knows exactly what was said. And here's what Adrian Yanez had to say. I'm sure somebody's going to get past the first round with you eventually, but is it this guy? What did you think about this matchup when they gave it to you? Oh, man, when they gave it to me, I, I immediately liked it because I was already keeping a close eye, like especially in the regional scene. I, I've, I've always looked at 35ers all around. I already knew who I was going to have to be facing, so he, he was on the regional scene. Uh, I think he was with Combate Americas and everything, and they, uh, I've got offered a fight with them once, and uh, I had... I, I, I think I went with somebody else, you know, I, I think I took another thing and, uh, yeah, I just didn't fight, but, uh, but yeah, I've been watching him. So I've been watching him for, for a very good time. He's, he's a tough guy. Like, uh, I know he was up here. He's like kind of being very like, uh, uh, he was real fired up and I get, sometimes you have to, you have to get like that if you're fighting and, and you're a fighter, of course, you know, me, I like to, I'm cool, calm and I'm very collected. You know, I, I think before I speak and, you know, uh, it's going to bite him in the, it's going to bite him in the mouth. You know, he's he's going to like, when he goes in there and he's like, who is he fought? Who is he fought? Like, oh, like, okay, well, once I knock you out, everybody's going to be like, well, who have you fought? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. Y'all, y'all, y'all got to go out there and like make the statement. So I was like, so to me, I, I, I know he's a tough guy. He's a really tough opponent, and like I'm excited because like he's a Mexican fighter, Mexican pure blood fighter. So anytime you've gotten two Mexicans in the cage, you know they they go out there and they just they just have a brawl. And you know that's ex that's exactly at the end of the day. Like I've always loved those type of brawls. You know, like my fight in LFA when I fought Kyle Estrada. You know, to me that was like one of the funnest fights, even though it hurt afterwards. But uh, during that during those moments, you're able to dig deep and able to. Uh, Go out there and just find out more about yourself, especially after the fight. You learn a little bit more about yourself, so it's it's real cool. Uh, but Gustavo, man, uh, hey, look, whatever they're saying about the hype and all that stuff, you know, you you can like he's he's like thinking about this and he's uh how can I say it? He's reading too much into it, man. All this can be gone one day, so like hey, look. Just enjoy it while you're here, man. You're getting fired up over people's opinions. So, hey, you know, we're going to go out there at the end of the day, and we're still going to have to fight. So, hey, it doesn't matter to me whether I got the hype or not. So, Well, no, it's funny because we he was definitely fired up. I think that's a good – but <laughs> now that we know that you've seen those comments, I mean, did you did it, does it make it personal or did it get you fired up a little bit or under your skin at all? No, man. I, at first, I was just, like, a little bit shocked. I was like, oh, where's all, all this hostility coming from? And I was like, I've been, I, like, you know, I, every single time we go in, like, I'm talking about an interview, he's like, no, nah, he's a tough fighter. I was like, ah, you know, but some people had to get themselves fired up. You know, I, like, honestly and truly, I, I do respect the guy. I do respect his skills. You know, I, like, even myself right now, like, I know he was saying, who has he fought? Like, of course, I have those thoughts in my head all the time. Who have I fought? I was like, and this is why, like, I'm here in the UFC. I want to fight everybody and it's one of those things for me that I just know is like the next guy's gonna be who I fought who I fought who I fought and also at the same time for for myself I'm always thinking is like I want to be at the top of the killers so I want to be able to like when you look back at my resume be like oh he fought all these guys so you know at the end of the day like whenever it's me and Gustavo I go out there and get my hand raised he's gonna be a one a part of my record and he's gonna be like to me he's a notch in my belt like he's a big notch in my belt because he's tough, he's gritty. Like he won a belt in another organization, uh, and then like I seen him get dropped, but he comes back up and he still pushes forward. So like I respect the guy and I, res I respect like how like his fighting style and he doesn't quit. But I'm gonna put him out with a shot where he doesn't get back up. Last thing for me then that that might be I was gonna ask you what you see. I mean, do you feel like you 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 need to go out there and do something? You know, make a statement again, or or how do you, how do you, or is it just about winning? Oh, to me, it's, it's just about the winning. It doesn't matter how it happens or when it comes. You know, it's just a matter of, of getting that W. You know, like, 
like I said, like, I know he said hope. Like, he's like, oh, he's hoping to knock me out. I was like, uh, yeah, of course, of course I'm hoping to knock you out. But at the same time, I know what I have in front of me. I know if I hit him with a shot, you know, and he drops, he's, he has the ability to get back up and still fight with a clear mind. So I take... I. I take a look at that and I know what I'm I know what I'm looking at. I know what I look at before I go into into the cage and before I go into a war, you know, and I'm ready to go to war with him. But at the same time if he gets if he gets hit with a headshot, you know, and he falls out, then hey, that's that's completely great with me too. Right, so Adrian Yanez handled things a little bit differently. I don't want to say takes the high road. I, I just want to say, you know, I think he felt like, well, what, what's all? I love that he's just like, what's all this heat about? I, don't I know just loved his from. his energy was so he he amped me up. I mean, if you don't if you don't know the guy, if you don't like him, he maybe just want to watch him fight. I was so into it after you. after listening to him. That's a, that's a little under the radar. Should be a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, the rest of the card. Let me let me just th- give you a couple things to look for that I think are, are going to be fantastic. Uh, Max Griffin, Song Kinan, I think that's going to be a great fight. Max Griffin, um, you know, if you look at his record on paper, you go, eh. But this dude comes to fight every time, and he's fought nothing but absolute killers every yeah. single time out. And it feels like he's, you know, kind of at this, you know, different point in his career, which which is exciting. Meanwhile, Song Kinan, uh, four and one in the UFC, I believe, at this point, uh, a, a year away. Um, you know, with everything that's been going on, obviously he hails from China. Um, but I think this could be an absolute banger as well. So I do think this main card could be very exciting. Kicks off with a women's strawweight bout, which is interesting that the UFC put this uh, on ESPN as the opener because both these fighters are making their, their debut with the promotion. But I think it goes to show their faith in them. But uh, Cheyenne Bays versus Maserat uh, Ruiz, or well, I guess it would be Ruiz, sorry. Max. Well, so they she's kept, Mexican, not not. I was going to say, well, even today they kept, they kept referencing a different name. Conejo. Conejo. Conejo, which is rabbit. I only know that because of, ah. uh, my, my my wife, obviously, is from Mexico. So, yeah, Montserrat Ruiz, or Montserrat Conejo, if you want to, uh, which well. I, I believe is rabbit. I don't know if it – now 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 I'm going to go home and ask my wife. I can't remember. <laughs> She's going to – ask I think Eli. Conejo Eli rabbit, probably knows. <laughs> but I, I think she told me there was like Conejo de Chuchu or something is like a – Oh, like rabbit a, train. Like a character. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that sounds terrible. I don't know what it is. Can, can, there was – I remember she told me there was like a, a a character that she liked as a kid or something. Ah. Conejo de Choo Choo or Conejo de – I don't know. Well, anyway, that makes sense. It's rap. Well, anyway. well, I mean, also, too, I mean, just obviously this would get my fight of the of night. Of course, of course. But there's also the reason – I mean, one, while these are two prospects, I mean, I can understand why they would want to put them on the main card. But these are also two very, very attractive females that might have well. That might have very well been the, the I mean, when, out here. when it's – I mean <sighs> – but check this out. So there's so there's two there's two really cool stories outside of them just being you know good looking women. Uh, Shan buys and JP buys buys Bays. Sorry, I just it's, it's hard to not say buys. It's hard not to say buys. Like please Bays. just spell it with an A. Yeah, it's Bays. <laughs> uh, but uh, obviously a married couple. Uh, now we have seen a married couple in the USC before, even fighting on the same card with Montana and Mark De La Rosa. They did not both win on the same night. Uh, these two are trying to be the first married couple to win on the same card in the USC. So that's pretty cool. And they're both making their USC debut together. So that's one cool little storyline. Here's the other I mean, cool. they both fought on the what, Contender Series. But not on the same but card. Not, yeah. Right. But not on like a proper like UFC. Correct. Sort of so like now this. they're both making their USC debut. They're doing it on the same card. So that's one cool little storyline. Here's the other kind of interesting storyline as well. Is that uh, Cheyenne, was, was, she was preparing to fight Emily Ducote, uh in Invicta. And... Um, 
No, take that. Over. Jeez, it was that time. Emily was fine. Montserrat Ruiz was preparing to fight Emily Ducote in Invicta, and Cheyenne was basically uh, the stand-in. She for was Montserrat. the stand-in for Montserrat. She was doing <laughs> the the uh, you know the sparring. She that's who she was. She was supposed in the, in to the imitate training. her. She was supposed to make her moves, and so she studied her. That's it. And then the fight didn't happen, and. Yeah, that would have been a, a, a way better storyline if I hadn't as much Jameson at this point. Uh, <laughs> but but you're right. I mean, the fact that I mean, one thing when uh, so people don't if you watch the well the virtual media day stuff today they were separate. When we had them, John put in the request, and so we had them both together, and it was really really fun to see the interaction between uh, a married couple both fighting on the same fight yeah. card. I was actually super super happy for him. I mean. As much, I mean, she's beautiful. He's a good-looking dude. You're so happy for him. And there was like, there, it's like the young love, but they're also at a young point in their careers, fighting for the biggest organization. And I loved hearing their stories of how what they were trying to do for their families. And it was so, it was just so exciting. And but yes, yeah, so it's, it's a very unique in, uh, situation where her husband is opening up the card. She's opening up the main event they're able to kind of corner and be there for each other, which is absolutely just fantastic. Pretty cool. They're going to corner each other in the same It's so night. unique. How stressful. I Like, if it was, if there was even just a training partner of me, I would think I would be absolutely just fucking uh, nervous wreck, yep. let alone the person that is my partner. And, I, <laughs> and I, I'll tell you what, I said it during the interviews, and, and, I, and I'm going to say it again now. Uh, Cheyenne has the, the tougher assignment because J.P., He's starting off. Yeah. He gets his fight done. And then, you know, especially if he wins, it's going to be super easy. Now, if he loses. <laughs> it'll definitely be easier It'll be tough. Wins. It'll be tougher. But either way, at least his fight will be done, and then he can go corner his wife. His wife, meanwhile, is going to go corner him and deal with that absolute emotional roller coaster, that absolute yep. adrenaline dump. Because I'm telling you right now, and, and, and I don't know how much people understand this, we talked, it was interesting, we talked to uh, Megan Olivia about this the other day, right before Joseph Benavidez's fight, um, about what an emotional dump that is watching somebody compete. I mean, I can tell you just like the emotion I have watching my son compete in a jiu-jitsu tournament or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now you're talking about your husband or wife in a mixed martial arts contest. Like yeah. not not just some grappling, some absolute like getting punched in the face. They Dude, can get their face literally destroyed. It is the <laughs> most helpless feeling you can ever have. Yeah. And, and, and your heart goes out for that person that you love. Dude, she's going to have to ride that wave of emotion and then settle back in and get ready for her own fight, you know. And again, if he wins, that's probably a great thing, right? Yeah. Now she's feeling she's great, be super amped up. If he loses, now she's got to put that behind her and, and turn. Yeah. Out, um, oh my god! I would think out of the two, just seeing their personality, it's funny because she actually got the call into the UFC before he did. That's right. If there was a, if there was one out two, and, and this is no slight to JP, but just seeing their dealings, if there was a person between the two of them, I think would do a better job of dealing with the emotions of their partner kicking a loss before, I think it's her because she, – She's she's doing the steering on that ship right now. Oh, dude. I mean, well, <laughs> she's a lovely individual. But it's funny, even when the, the fight – when she got her, her contract, she was great when she was like, we wanted him to get it first. We wanted him to get in, you know, but he'll get there. So I love the fact that she was very focused on herself. So it just seemed like if there was going to be one that was better to deal with, it would probably be her. But – but I think you're right too. But she made some great stories. Uh, if you guys get a chance, um, 
I will credit t today when you, uh, the virtual media day. We didn't put up on our site, but if you go find the the virtual media interview of her today, I thought when she described how her and JP met and their interaction. I'm not big on that sort of stuff. Maybe I've become more of a softy in my older age. I thought it was pretty cool listening to how they met and then the way that their uh, relationship and let alone their career uh, has grown just for the fact that they both chose the same career path. And uniquely enough, they're almost in the same trajectory of going forward. It'd be like the same if, say, say you're a doctor and and your and your your loved one is a doctor, but you're both going through medical school. You both got hired on somewhere where you're in your residency, and now you both get to prove yourself. You That's know, cool. so it's unique to sort of see it. Like we're literally at the point where we can see a married couple that can either become a dynasty one day. Or maybe one does well and one falls out. Yeah. Who knows? Right now is interesting. So if you want to buy in on the great drama of MMA for the future. Or bay in. <laughs> <laughs> see? See, Jameson does you well. That was good. That was good. That was good. All right. That's the main card. Listen, I tell you, it's going to be very good. Uh, that was really good. That was good. I, I threw there. I threw there. Uh, Marion Renault and Macy Chalson. Oh, I love Macy. That'll be uh, that should be a strong fight there in the women's bandweight division. Leonardo Santos, keep an eye out for Leonardo Santos, a guy that I think constantly flies under the radar. He he's been an absolute uh, elite level jujitsu player for years and years and years. Uh, his MMA uh, career has been a little up and down and starts and stops and and and, and really Which is crazy because his record. I mean, his it, record is amazing. He just doesn't fight frequently. He you know with yeah. injuries and other things. He's he's never been able to build momentum. But Leonardo Santos, I think probably one of the most underrated guys in all of the UFC, if I'm being completely honest. And uh, one last one that really stands out to me, uh, Roman Delice dropping down to middleweight to face Trevin Giles. Uh, I just think stylistically it's going to be a great fight. But Roman Delize, um, a fighter that uh, I, I didn't think was that small as a light heavyweight, if I'm being completely honest with you, man. I, I, I like the dude's skills. Um, I, I like his personality. I like, I like everything about him. Um, you know, he, he's got uh, uh, an impressive, you know, undefeated record coming in against a very uh, tough Trevin Giles as well. But uh, dropping down, dude, that's a, when you go from, I mean, that's a 20-pound drop from light heavyweight to middleweight. Yeah, and you make sure that, is. Um, that's one that uh, is, again, completely under, I'm sure, most people's radar that's, that's, uh, that's standing out to me. So, anyway, listen. We've been we've been rambling for too damn long, man. The, the, the Jameson got going. We got <laughs> we got involved on some on some uh, topics we didn't even know we were going to be so passionate about, and uh, I'm sure most people have tuned us out by now, which I completely <laughs> agree. But if you're still sticking around and you made it through all this, and hell, hopefully maybe you're even a little entertained by it. Uh, even as I started to stumble over my own uh, story, I'm like lines spitting on things, so yeah, it's probably good. <laughs> yeah, thanks for listening. <laughs> Oh,